With Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen that's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. Full night of cartoons. And pretty quick here, we will have the gorgeous Bill WD-40 showing up in the Spreaker chat. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get ready for that. Shoot, forgot about that. Our store is open. Go to spacedoutradio.com, click on shop. we got some great swag. And if you are one of the many who are buying swag lately, do me a favor. Take a picture so that way we can put it on our website if you don't mind. And uh, let's see, who else has joined us here? We have Ozzy Ozzy, oi oi to you, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And uh, what else? Super Chat is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So make sure, if you can, we really do appreciate it. And we got about 40 seconds left. What else can I tell you? If you haven't already, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Hit subscribe. We passed 19,000 subscribers between Sunday night and Monday morning. Very happy about that. We are going to rock it here up to 20,000 before the end of the year. I could feel it. I'm so excited about that. We got 20 seconds before we rock. We're going to have a good night, Sickle Fire. Nice to have you back, man. Thank you for coming on in. And Derek Cook, good to see you. Always a pleasure to have you here. Let's do this thing, people. Let's get ready. It's Geraldine night. Her hair's looking perfect. So let's rock. Hordes up. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show and our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's a great show coming at you tonight. First off, for the spiritual you, Geraldine Orozco returns as she will get into all things alien tonight. Then in hour number three, we will bring you a story from the swamp, from Swamp Dweller. Bigfoot Rob is filling in for Super Duke on the Cryptid Report, and Shirky Poo has the news. 
Our good friend Geraldine Orozco returns to Spaced Out Radio tonight after we missed her last month due to my two-week vacation. It's time to get into our zen, our chi, and our woo. Geraldine is the owner of Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California, and she's been doing this segment with us for, I think, almost six years now, five or six years, once a month, and we love it when she comes in because she can break it all down from healing and consciousness all the way to ET contact and the ever-wondering and ever-existing hybridization program. Her website is GeraldineRosco.com. We're going to bring both Geraldine and Mr. Dirty Filth in. Geraldine, it is always a pleasure to have you back. Your hair is looking fantastic tonight. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I missed uh, being here as well. I know. Sorry about last month. I, I needed a mental break. That was the first. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that you took a vacation. How did you like it? Well, it was more of a staycation, but I had so much to do. And I, you know what? I was so just tired. My body was telling me that's enough. Take a break. Seven and a half years of going straight without a vacation. Uh, It was, you know, I mean, it's one (laughs) thing, you know, it's one thing, Geraldine, you know, like you and I, you've seen me and we've met at at conferences in San Francisco where it's one thing to get away for one day, maybe two. Okay, but to actually take a ton of time off, I'd never done that. Right. I know. I'm so happy that you did that. That's so awesome. So where are you uh, hanging out these days? Where are your travels taking you in the land of spirituality? Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Uh, Land of spirituality. Wow. Well, uh, right now, there's so many things going on in the world. I mean, uh, you know, uh, as you know, I work with clients every day during hypnotherapy and DNA reprogramming. So it's very interesting. We go through these kind of like uh, waves of like certain themes, collective subconscious comes to rise. And we talk about very, very interesting topics. And over the past couple of months, I think the things that have been coming up the most are primarily uh, working with vulnerability, being okay with vulnerability, and uh, feeling uh, a lot of people are, are feeling um, difficulty breaking certain patterns having to do uh, with the ideas of relationships, the ideas of marriage, the ideas of identity. That's a big theme. Identity is a really big theme this, this month. So that's that's really been coming up a lot in these sessions. Wow. And what do you think makes this cycle on in? Is it the time of year coming out of summer going into the fall? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I think that uh, collectively, uh, the subconscious mind goes through cycles of clearing certain information that's in alignment with what's necessary for the whole well-being of the earth, really. Uh, Literally, the morphogenetic field of the earth itself, the DNA records of everything historically that we're experiencing as a a human race, kind of goes through these cycles of purging certain information to open space for new stuff. So right now, we're kind of moving through a really, really interesting time where um, we are making major shifts in our entire societal structures of how we see uh, education, how we see sex, how we see identity, how we see family, you know, all kinds of things are kind of coming into question right now. So I think there's a, a moment of readjustment. A lot of people that are currently in marriages and relationships are starting to question partnerships, taking a look at whether we are evolving together in a union 
or are we kind of separating from one another and going in different directions? So I think that, you know, we go through these cycles, but we go deeper into the subconscious mind of the collective as, as we move forward in evolution. And it's interesting how we're kind of experiencing that collectively. Is there a difference between the way men handle things compared to the way women handle things when it comes to the well, conscious? Yes and no. You know, it's very interesting. From the surface level, we we see that they handle things uh, very differently just because uh, the way society has imposed certain ideals as to how men need to behave in regards to their emotions and expressions. You know, we kind of latched on to that and we kind of expect men to behave in a certain way, for example, in the same way that we think women need to behave in a certain way about their emotions and their expressions. But when you really get down to, let's say, the therapist chair uh, and dealing with man and woman, the core needs of each human is really the same. You know, every human, whether it's a man or a woman, is searching for unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, unconditional acknowledgement and support. And that is a really basic core need that the human has. And it's incredible how that plays a role in the way that we develop ourselves into adults, into humans, you know, the choices that we make in life, why we make the choices that we make. And we, when we look around us, and sometimes we see a lot of suffering and imbalance in our society and culture, um, a lot of these little subconscious desires that are unmet in people are the ones that are manipulated the most. In fact, our entire marketing uh, industry is rooted in very deep psychological research as to how to target the deep needs the subconscious needs of man in order to make them want to buy things and make them want to um you know need certain things uh if we look back at you know social engineering from the early uh, 50s and 40s this is something that's been studied really deeply so the core needs of the human is the same but the way that the man and woman can express them uh beyond the social engineering that we've created at the core, uh, let's say the divine feminine and masculine, when that's integrated between uh, within either a man or a woman, this expression is a balance of both. That's that's really what we ultimately want to reach. So um, it it really would look like something that's very neutral and balanced for both sexes. Excellent. Geraldine Orozco, the spiritual you here on Spaced Out Radio. Geraldine, I want to get into some aliens tonight because we haven't talked to aliens in a long time. And since you were last on, I've had a couple of weird experiences. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Old Davey has had some aliens back in his life. And, you know, they were of the gray variety. One Mm -hmm. uh, had bright green eyes. And then just the other night on Saturday, it was like a psychic. First time I've ever had a psychedelic dream with an alien gray in it, where like everything was like moving and cartoonish and and blurry and everything. And I didn't know what that meant. All I know is that at five thirty in the morning, I woke right up and knew I just got back. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I don't That's know amazing. what the hell's going on, but uh, there's been some weirdness around the old Davies uh, headquarters here. Wow. 
Interesting. Well, I, I mean, I can't wait to like, that'd be great to look into what, what's been going on there and seeing what's been going on. I mean, you can recall those memories maybe by talking a little bit more about the details. I mean, do you remember anything else other than that? They're only giving me the snippets. So oh, okay. on, on Saturday, uh, I knew that there was aliens around and it was, like I said, it was very cartoonish. It was mm-hmm. very blurry, it, you know, almost like it was like waving in front and I was watching this gray coming forward and I just, I remember saying to myself, oh crap, not again. <laughs> and then I woke up like wide awake at 530. I was, I, I remember saying to myself, wake up, wake up, wake up. You don't want to go. And the next thing I know, it was like 530 in the morning. I woke right up and I had that strange feeling that I caught it too late again. Mm, interesting. Yes. Interesting. So, and are these graves that you've seen before? No. Or no. the eyes were different, you said, huh? Well, well the, the time a couple of months ago, I was having a, a dream because that's how it starts for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. What was the dream? Do you remember? Yes. I remember. Uh-huh. I remember snippet. Yeah. And here's the weird yeah. part. It was the owner of Skinwalker Ranch and I were standing in the driveway. He's in one of his really expensive suits. I'm in a T-shirt and shorts and, and, uh, you know, my flip-flops. And we're standing on this single car garage driveway of this old box, 70s box house style driveway, you know, with the single car carport, not even a garage, Mm -hmm. a carport. And we're talking UFOs. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I hear this, uh, uh, you know, movement in the bushes behind me. And that's where this gray pokes its head out to the shoulder level. Its black eyes are not black eyes. They are like a luminescent green, mm-hmm. much like mm-hmm. we, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, we have this special luminescent green that uh, runs on our ticker and covers our names and and everything, that color green. And all of a sudden it shows me three pictures and it showed me three pictures of black triangles, one at night with the lights on one at dusk with the lights on, on each corner, of course. And then a daytime shot, no lights, but the craft isn't black. It is silver. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden I said, I remember saying, we got to go inside because this guy's going to try and take me. And that's where I felt the gravitational pull. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. And then I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Interesting. Super, super interesting. Wow, Dave. (laughs) Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. So, I don't know. And we were out at our, uh, about three weeks ago, we were out at mm-hmm. our Sasquatch gifting site. And mm-hmm. it was just going, uh, you know, into dusk in the east. And that's where uh, we actually saw a triangle morph in the sky. Wow. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So, I've got some woo going on, Geraldine, right now. That's hey, a serious woo. You, you know, I, I told you, be careful what you ask for. I know. <laughs> right? I know. I was asking you, where well, did they all go? Good. 
That's good, though. That's good. That means things are acting up again. Things are moving, and that's wonderful. I mean, now we have to uh, practice. As I always say, you know, people get contact, and then they get a little bit uh, worried about it. But we got to keep going in that direction and keep exploring um, what does that contact mean to us? What role are we playing? What are we doing in there? And, and you know, learn how to interact in that realm. So I, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, I just wish I knew what was going on. You know, not that I mind. Like, I don't mind. Like, I just want, I, I hate that gravitational pull. I will say this. For those of you who are ET contactees, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that gravitational pull, where they start sucking you in and you cannot break that gravity. That, you know, it's like being on the old Gravitron at the carnival. As the faster it spins, the more you stick to the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Clients who have contact okay whether it's irregular like mine or or a regular contact you know what are they seeing are they getting full recall on what's happening half recall or just these five to ten second snippets like most of us get well, uh, it really it depends, right? It really depends on the level of awareness of the person and also how much they train and practice their intuition. The more that you train and practice your intuition and uh, really utilize that tool, the more you're going to recall. And, and how do you practice your intuition? It's awareness in your everyday life. So practicing presence and the observation of that presence all the time. And that kind of goes into your dream state and eventually goes into these kinds of experiences because a lot of people are very active in their dream state. Actually, the majority of our experiences, our most important activity is in our dream states. Um, This is when we are really traveling in any number of dimensions outside of the physical body. And so um, the the more conscious we become in our waking state, the more lucid you become in your dream and these experiences. So what I notice is that the ones that are trying to training daily meditations, you know, just really mindfulness throughout the day, they remember a lot about their experience. And they can even kind of account to the role that they're playing in these experiences and, you know, what they're supposed to be doing with the information provided. Um, so it's it's a very, I, in my opinion, ET contact is, is spiritual maturity and spiritual evolution. When you are in, you when you are navigating interdimensionally, because you know you're when you're having ET contact or experiences with paranormal, you are you are existing and you're conscious in more than one dimensional plane. So you know that that's huge. That means that you're aware of yourself as an as an interdimensional being. And so how to navigate that would be to begin to manage any kind of emotions of fear that begin to arise as soon as you start seeing something and beginning to transmute those emotions. That That's really how uh, we would be able to navigate this. So majority of people that are able to work with those fearful emotions can remember and see more and they can even recall more over time. In therapy, in hypnotherapy, and also in DNA reprogramming, when we revisit these experiences and we work with the emotions, it's incredible how much more they can remember. They remember details. They remember the room. They remember the beings that they're with. It's like you're unlocking layers of information. Um, So in truth, everything is accessible. It's in the subconscious mind. And it's really when you go into hypnosis or deep meditative states that you can access the information. Wow. Okay. So the fact that they only give us snippets to remember, 
why do you think they only give us that? Are they trying to block the memory or are they trying to save the mind from what's gone on? You know, I love that you asked that because it's in the, in the UFO community and in, in ufology and the concept of ufology, we've kind of come to believe that they have disabled our memories. Someone external to us has disabled our me- memories. But if you study the mechanisms of the subconscious mind and the mechanisms of what happens when the body enters into another dimensional plane, uh, there are processes in the physical body that cannot store Uh, or process and integrate these experiences in such a way that it compartmentalizes the things in order to help your your psychologically cope with the kind of, uh, I guess, disassociation that occurs. Because we are brought, in these experiences, we're brought into scenarios that we've never experienced, into craft, we're dealing with incredible technology, beings, organisms, things that are outside of our, uh, you know, understanding and knowing in so many different ways, you know? And so for that, the human mind has to really go stretch beyond its boundaries. And in order for anyone to cope with moments of unknown and feelings of unhelplessness, um, usually the memory, the mind, the psychology will literally compartmentalize that in order to protect and preserve. Uh, because, you know, if... And, and that's a natural mechanism that we that we have in our physical body. It's the intelligence of this physical vessel, and it's it's a very beautiful uh, kind of tool that we have. This is how we also cope with severe trauma in our lives. Sometimes we suppress memories that are too difficult to cope with. So when we begin to go through healing, we gently uncover layers of these memories and deal step by step with what we can at that time and et contact functions exactly the same way you know so so it's actually us the more that we activate our dna through the deprogramming of limiting belief systems we get to access the information in the dimensional layers because dna is a holographic projection that is uh, interconnected with the data of the morphogenetic field and the morphogenetic field is made up of all the layers of the physical body which means the dimensional layers in which we are experiencing et contact so you know remember that when we're traveling when we're in these uh, experiences we're literally in another dimensional uh, plane Wow. Okay. So one of the questions that I have for you is... FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmower shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted Paris is only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is not withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restriction supply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. 
Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. I know you're not a ufologist, but you do deal with... With ET contact, how do you deal with the fact that this still I, I it baffles my mind when you see these orbs or something come in and they the aliens come in and they suck you into this small orb and the minute you go in to that orb it's like as big as a football stadium. I hear this all the time. What the hell is <laughs> I've with experienced that? that as well. What is with that? Well, see, that's exactly what it is. You see, that's exactly the perfect point because when we, uh, when we're having these experiences, well, first of all, a lot of these crafts, it, they are like portals. They are they are wormholes into another dimension. That's really what we're experiencing. We're going in through a vortex point. We reach a zero point and the entire body is readjusting to this new dimensional plane. And so when we enter into this new uh dimension um the laws of physics as we know it the constructs of time and space they don't apply the same way right so uh, everything is going to be completely different in there and i hear this all the time with all my clients that have these kind of contact experiences and even in my own experience um seeing a, a, a giant craft still doesn't account for the account the amount of space and things that we were able to experience inside the craft um, and a lot of these crafts are also like plasma fields. They're toroidal plasmic fields um, that are can change and, and alter their geometric construct in order to move from different dimensions as well. Um, and so, you know, in fact... Most of these crafts are managed telepathically. They're driven. They're, uh, what is it called? They're, they're moved. They're maneuvered telepathically. So it's more of an organic extension, in a way, of the beings that are kind of operating these crafts. Uh, even the orb-like uh, lights that you see, um, eventually, these are like geometric shapes that create these toroidal forms that create this orb-like uh, luminescent light. And we humans, we actually have the technology in our physical body to become orbs like this. Um, in fact, the human body is structured like a vortex. And when we begin to spin that vortex at a high, high rate, uh, we begin to shift out of the physical construct into an interdimensional essence of life force. And we can travel in this way. When we leave the body, uh, we literally have a frequency that kind of emanates light in that same way. So a lot of these beings that people encounter, they're actually uh, orbs that turn into beings or turn into crafts. They, they can shift uh, shapes right. um, and, and matter. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out more from Geraldine Orozco on The Spiritual You. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. We're going to continue with the alien talk, UFOs, and contact for all of us on Spaced Out Radio. We're clear. 
Nice. Your hair's gotten longer. I know. It's so long. It keeps growing. I'm Love thinking it. about getting a haircut soon. Mine, <laughs> mine has stopped growing. It is stopped. No. I really? Swear, yeah. I, I mm. even went and got like an inch taken off in order to uh, get it going because my hair was really dry at the bottom. And I, mm-hmm. and I went and uh, got it that inch cut and it's not growing. It's not growing. Mm. I have stopped growing hair. I'm a little concerned about this. I don't know. You have such incredible hair genes. I think <laughs> maybe it's just uh, maybe you're just relaxing, and so everything went relaxed I don't for know. a little while. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've been doing a little too much relaxing lately. I got to start <laughs> kicking my ass again. That's funny. How you been? I've been so great. What about you? Like, what's been going on? How is it? Where did you go for your vacation? Do you care to share? Oh, yeah, I went to my bed, to my couch, uh, to my lawn <laughs> chair, uh, to my uh, lawnmower. To uh, I'm I'm redoing my house right now, nice. and, and okay. I am not handy okay. at all. <laughs> not handy at all. But uh, yeah. um, eventually, hopefully, before it gets cold, I get two doors tomorrow. To mm-hmm. my outdoors. So we've done all my windows of the house because uh, living with single pane windows when it gets like really cold oh my here gosh. is uh, yeah. it, it gets cold. Yeah. And the doors have never been replaced in the house. And, you know, like over time, my house is like 50 years old. And so, it, you know, it it settles. Well, all the doors have like air cracks in them from. You know, that you can see the gaps when you close the door. Oh, there's still daylight coming in, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah. that brings yeah. cold, too. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I hope your house turns out wonderful. That's great. Yeah, that's a big remodel. That's But I'm glad you're doing it now, right, before it starts getting cold and wintry. It's going to be great. And I got myself a big bathtub where it holds, like, 65 oh, gallons of water. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to make bubble baths and nobody can stop me. Nobody. Awesome. That's so great. Yeah. So per- I'm pretty happy about that, to be honest. Yay. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. No, uh, otherwise I've been in the forest the last uh, few weeks. And uh, I'll tell you, it wasn't this past weekend, the weekend before. I don't know what the hell was around us, but mm. um, it was it wasn't right. Like mm. like I left my I left for forty forty minutes when we were there. I left my truck running and my son in my vehicle because I didn't want him getting out. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Went, what's went, going on there? Went back this past weekend. Felt great. Felt safe, mm-hmm. just like normal. That weekend before. I don't know. Mm. There was something in that forest that, and you know what was weird about it for me is when we turned onto that logging road, I started seeing uh, pareidolia of alien heads all over the place. Like, mm. like okay. my lights would be okay. shining, and you know there'd be a, a, yep. a small tree. But the way the the branches looked, it had like alien eyes, and I would see this, and it happened probably you know seven, eight, nine times, you know, along the drive, mm-hmm. and, and it was just it was freaky. And then you know mm-hmm. we, we all felt like we were being followed on the way out, 
you know, either on the mm. ground or in the air. There's just something. Interesting. And how did you choose that place? That's where I, earlier this year I found a Sasquatch print. Okay. So you know there's <laughs> that's oh, yeah. like a, a vortex place. You know there's lots of stuff going on. Oh, yeah, there. dude. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But it's interesting that, you know, though that's not chance, right? This is a, a union, a union of timelines that needed to happen. So it's very interesting what you experienced, Dave. Yeah. How about your family? Did anybody else have experiences of any kind? No. Uh, uh, my friend Mark, my friend Mark was weirded out. He, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's uh, not really into the ET thing, but he's, uh, you know, he knows paranormally speaking what it's like, and so he, um, he, he felt very heavy, and. Uh, and uh, you know, it just—it was just so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So uncomfortable. You picked up on it too, then. Yeah. Yeah. So we got yeah. uh, twenty-four seconds here. Uh, I'm going to say a big thank you to Human Carl mm -hmm. and to Ozzy Ange for the amazing super chats. Very much appreciate it. It's a wonderful way to support oh. what we do on this show. And uh, don't forget, May 19th through 21st, 2023, at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas, the second annual SOR party. You're all invited. Here we go. second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with Geraldine Orozco from GeraldineRosco.com. She comes on in for the Spiritual You, which is the one night of the month where we get into our Zen, our Chi, and our Alien Contact. You can find everything on Geraldine at GeraldineRosco.com. Her YouTube channel is Geraldine Orozco. Everything about her happens to be Geraldine Orozco. Welcome back, hon. Thank you. Thank you again. So right before the break, we were talking about ET contact and and the little tricks and nuances that they can play that really trips us out a little bit. You know, I mean, for you, out of all the experiences you had, what's what's the weirdest trick or game that these aliens have played with you? Uh, let me think about that. Um, well, Dave, you know my perspective of this is a little bit more <laughs> complicated because uh, there's a... I don't feel that I have experienced any tricking with the ETs themselves, but I have experienced a lot of tricking with the governmental contact that was screened imaged as uh, ET contact. So I think I experienced more of that kind of devious uh, behavior, probably with more terrestrial programs. Okay. Not, not so much with uh, interdimensionals. Well, let me shift that then. 
Okay. How, how do we as regular everyday humans figure out whether or not it is from this side and not the other side? Okay. Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, there's some very key uh, things that you can look for. And these are things that I've accumulated over uh, working with the support group for many years now, um, and also personal experiences. Okay, so um, some signs to look out for. What makes ET contact interdimensional? Let's start there. Uh, most people will describe the space that they're in as something that is vibrating, a very, very strong physical vibration sensations. Um, uh, physical, physical reactions to time and space, uh, feeling that of losing time. Um, and when we enter into these interdimensional spaces, um, unable to keep track of how matter is kind of moving or how it's taking form, it, things that shift, vibrate, light that emanates from all areas, places that we don't know, like uh, seams of wall-like spaces, uh, corners of, of these uh, UFOs or spaces that we're in, very holographic, very interdimensional, very, very uh, organic type technology, holographic, incredibly advanced holographic kind of technology, and the beings themselves um, being very telepathic in their communication. So there's definitely an element of interdimensional communication and, and physical experience. The terrestrial programs, usually um, you're going to have a lot of imagery of clinical environments. The lights are usually very specifically directional. So it's not like you're going to see lights from every corner. You're seeing lights either from above or like, like an actual light uh, source, you know. Um, and technology not being as advanced as this kind of technology, this kind of organic technology that we see in interdimensional crafts. Also, people will claim that they have more of a musty smell, uh, like under, like earthy, uh, earthy ground earth smell. Um, it feels like you're underground, and, and that's a very, very peculiar sensation because it feels like stuffy and dense and like the pressure, pressure to the body. Um, and also, um, you know, it'll, it'll feel like uh, you're looking at very old clinical environments, uh, people, something like underground base type experiences if it's something like crafts it'll be more like military like crafts aircrafts more terrestrial kind of things environments um, and then there's a whole physical side effects are complete are different in in a way so uh, amnesia as a result of having shock of interdimensional contact is different than um, chemically induced uh, kind of forgetfulness, like the, as a result of chemically induced, because terrestrial programs will use uh, chemicals in order to make you forget memories. And usually you'll experience uh, um, injections in the arms, uh, injections in the back of the of the head, um, these kinds of more like physical, more well-known experiences for the terrestrial programs, more medical. Um, now, the 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 physical programs also utilize drugs to create screened images um, and to induce experiences 
that you're seeing something like a alien, like a being, like a gray. But ex but later on, when it wears off, or let's say the person is very lucid, and usually these people that are taken are very psychic and lucid, becomes conscious of what's occurring to them, and then the the screen will fade, and they will see someone in a medical suit. So you'll see a lot of medical garments, a lot of military garments. Those are very pretty, pretty known to be terrestrial programs. And the the where things get really blurry is where we start having draconian, um, reptilian military kind of events because there are there is this group. That's why when you really get deep into this topic, it's kind of hard to even differentiate some of these experiences because. Uh, the interest is the same. It's usually in DNA or it's usually in these kinds of more ritualistic type uh, experiences. So, you know, you will see uh, military warlike preparation scenarios or you will see something like sex um, uh, ritual type group events. And you can also see some kind of medical events. Mm -hmm. These are all very specific to this uh, kind of earth military programs. Um, the interdimensional programs with uh, beings is a little bit different. The environment will be different. The, the furniture, the, the entire feeling of the space will be a little bit more expansive in a sense, more limitless and almost as if, you know, nothing can stay in one form. It will be more shifting. So this is very, very broad overview of some things. There, there are also some physical side effects. Um, that are very uh, specific to that. So, what would those side effects be? Is it more? Is it more There's, physical or yeah. more emotional? It, it's well both. Uh, you know, PTSD can be a result of either one, and and that does exist. That's something that's very real. Um, but we're talking about markings on the body. The markings on the body from these interdimensional beings is very different than the markings on the body that are left from these terrestrial programs. So the terrestrial programs are, let's say, more, you know, very regular technology, like our common technology, like injections, punctures, uh, you know, scars that are fresh and or, or causing markings on the body. But for these interdimensionals, usually we're looking at scars that are completely healed in one, you know, they're placed and they're healed at the same time, um, you know, and the markings are very specific, very exact, very clean really high technology type of things, um, and also uh, activated psychic abilities or activated something. Something becomes activated in the, in the body, the organism, as a result of this interdimensional experience. Terrestrial programs won't cause that kind of uh, activation. Uh, in fact, sometimes it's actually more of a fragmentation of the person, which is a completely different experience. There will be less memories. It will feel more constricted, more con condensed. So these are the two side effects, I guess you could say, psychologically and, and physically. Right, right. Okay, so the idea that this is happening, and this is one of the great debates right now, Geraldine, within you know the UFO community because you know there's a lot of people who are involved in these sort of projects or in ufology, I should say, who would say, you know, we don't... They're, they're out there saying, we don't even know what we're dealing with yet. We don't know where they are, where they're coming from. And, you know, we don't know 
uh, where these beings are. We have no information. And yet there are many, such as yourself, who subscribe to 100% fact because of your own experience that the government is doing these things regarding, you know, false alien abductions or or uh, what they call milabs or military abductions or things like that. I mean, where do we draw the line of what they know and what they don't know for educational purposes? What they know? Who? They, Who's the, they? Well, if you look at the if you look at ufology right now, Geraldine, the mm-hmm. all the government officials are out there in public saying, "We don't know where these craft are coming from." We don't know what we have. You know, we don't know if they're coming from space or wherever. They don't understand that they are, you know, that they've been around and that there's multitudes of records of this. They're playing the public for stupid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, well, you know, we also do have lots of records of people that have experienced internationally uh, participation participation in these kinds of military abductions, um, as well as uh, uh, MKUltra programs, um, you know, and uh, that that were used for, uh, you know, that's just pretty, that's commonly known, the kind of, the the problem is that we haven't linked uh, yet as, as a result of the lack of understanding how these programs that were hidden by the government were utilized, they're linked with these interdimensional because um, what they're capitalizing on when they take these humans is their interdimensional gifts, their psychic abilities, and their abilities to enter into these realms of the non-physical. So they're utilizing and weaponizing these exact gifts uh, that the human has, you know. Um, and it's in that realm where you become aware of these interdimensional beings that exist that are uh, also having the same interest of militarizing and uh, weaponizing these gifts as well. So the interest in these uh, military groups is, is similar. They're, they're hand in hand. When you, for the experiencers that have had these experiences, there's many around the world that have written books about it, that have talked about it, and there's... It- FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmowing shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted pairs only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. CPA doesn't have to stand for burnout. At Aronson, we're here to help you pursue the career you want. Discover the resources and programming of a major accounting firm with the flexible, personal culture of a small team. Find a work-life balance that works for you with benefits like unlimited PTO, fully remote options, and gender-neutral parental leave. To personalize your journey and work as flexible as you live, visit aronsonllc.com slash careers. Aronson, chart your course. It's interesting because... Not only the side effects, but the stories and the experiences that they have are vividly, vividly 
similar in that the interest and the process of how these events are carried out are very similar. And that, that those are things that we can't ignore anymore. Um, now that the government has come out to say that, you know, it is true that there's uh, pregnancies and trauma as a result of uh, ET uh, or, or UFO uh, sightings, you know, that, that's, there's an actual clear documented connection. That's the tip of the iceberg. There's much, much more that has been studied not only by MUFON, but also other groups um, on this contact experience, you know. So, so I think it's just, it's a matter of time uh, that this starts coming out more into mainstream. And I think we're already starting to go in that direction. Do you think it'll be a part of disclosure? Yes, I mean it is. I think it is disclosure. I think, but but you know, I, I think it's already been said. You know, in those documents that were released, even though they were so very few. You know, but I and I think that again, as always, my stance on this topic of disclosure is that we don't need to wait for the government officials to let us know that this is happening. Many of the governments around the world talk openly about ET contact. And if you were to research and read those open communications, they're saying the same things that the experiencers are saying in the U.S., the same kinds of experiences that we're having. So we need to study the experiencers and um, observe, you know, what, what's the information there. Okay, Geraldine, the information that we are all trying to get is why are the aliens uh... – why are the aliens taking us? Why are they experimenting with us? If they've been here thousands of years, you know, why do why do they continue to to uh, take us when they already have so much human DNA and so much human human uh, contact? I mean, it, that just doesn't make sense to many of us out there. Yeah, exactly. And and that's a great point, because that's the thing. It's not about uh, the abductions are not in order to, uh, let's say, uh, sustain any kind of specific race. I, I don't prescribe to that belief system, because uh, that's not the way if you understand these kinds of how these dimensions and these beings operate, uh, the exchange is not survival, just of their race, uh, you know, so so let's let's step back a little bit. If we talk about first of all, let's talk about the human. The human from the origin of time uh, is a hybrid hybrid as a result of these kinds of genetic modifications. And um, if we look if we look at historically, the human race has a certain origin point and a moment in which this there was a jump in the genetic pool, uh, it, which allowed for the emergence of this consciousness in the human. Okay, as as opposed. Uh, in comparison to other organisms, other animal uh, species, and the most primates, uh, you know, primal primates that we have on the planet. There's a big jump between the human, modern man, and those primates. So uh, just looking at that evolutionary jump, there is no explanation for that. And the many uh, genetic mutations that have occurred after that, which are very carefully genetically modified through history, if you, if you study this. And this is a very deep topic we, we would have to speak about specifically. But looking at these genetic mutations uh, indicate a trail and a historical record of how human has preserved specific bloodlines, specific database informations. And within these database informations, uh, we find that there is a combination of genetics that are not just uh, 
for the human form. We actually only operate off 2 to 3% of that DNA which writes this physical body, and the rest is operating within this morphogenetic field. And it's within this intelligent field that begins to create the human and all the information that it requires. So when we start looking at ET contact and the interest of the hybridization program, we are a product of this hybridization program uh, for many, for, since the beginning of time. And a lot of the people that are having ET contact um, usually are ignited through psychic abilities, through the activation of that awareness into the other dimensions, the out-of-body dimensions. This is something that is accessed by humans through through. Uh, evolution of themselves, the evolution of the self, the activation of these higher uh, faculties allow them the ability to begin to navigate these interdimensional realms. But what they're reading, what they're navigating is our holographic DNA. We navigate past lives, we navigate future lives, we navigate uh, uh, interdimensional aspects of ourselves. And how do we know this? We know this because uh, the majority of the experiencers have the same kind of groups contact, family lineage contacts, let's say reptilian, draconian, Arcturian, Pleiadian. Uh, it's coming down generational. It happens in generations. The same kind of sightings that they're having are grouped in family lineages. And the way that they experience their terrestrial lives as well as interdimensional experiences, is also inherited. And this is all through the mitochondrial DNA, which is an entire his history of our entire human race evolution. So when you start to look at those, you begin to see certain patterns. And uh, it means that the interest of the interdimensional, it's not like um, we are dealing with parasitic exchanges in a way because uh, it is the sustainability of a matrix we we literally are existing in a matrix that it, what, what is a matrix a holographic construct that is specifically designed and it really doesn't take much to understand that this is a, a kind of a holographic construct not only from the science the side of science but also societal uh, architecture it's very specific how our lives are constructed to maintain um, certain parts of the human in check, you know? And so these, these uh, when you keep the human in check, when you deactivate their DNA, they're in the dark about their entire multidimensional part of themselves. So this evolution goes hand in hand with the discovery of our multidimensionality. So when, when people start having ET contact, they, um, they find themselves in the hybridization program. A lot of, a lot of experiencers uh, discover that they are in the hybridization program. They have these children presented. There's a very specific process to that. And that means that their life force is being harvested for the soul essence that is utilized to create another organism. But if we don't have this hybridization program, there is no sustainability of this matrix because these souls have to be put back into the reincarnation cycle. And it's utilizing the core richness of our genetic data in order to sustain this matrix. Um, 
So I, I'll stop there because we can go deeper. But well, I, I just find it completely amazing, you know, that it, it it all ties in with consciousness. It all ties in with our own realities and the fact that it, our realities, even though we may not realize it, are multidimensional. You know, this is one of the one of the key cogs I don't think a lot of us think about on a daily basis on whether or not we are living, you know, unique lives in every different or in multiple different dimensions at the same time. Yeah. And and also I wanna I wanna mention a very important key to all of this that uh it's very controversial, people don't want to talk about it, but uh the eugenics program through history plays a tremendous role in understanding the hybridization program. There is a profound connection between ET contact and hybridization and eugenics on our planet Earth through history. In fact, eugenic programs, and this is where we connect the military with these ETs, okay? The interest is the same. It's in the DNA. The DNA is what makes us so valuable, per se, to these parasitic groups, because that's the source code that connects to the infinite uh, source. Hmm. we got 90 seconds to go, Geraldine Roscoe and the spiritual you continue here on the Mighty SOR. Geraldine, you know, how do we know, or let me ask you this, because this is what always confuses me. What happens, are, are we all the same age in different dimensions, or is there dimensions where I'm 85 already, or I'm 24 again, or I'm back in diapers. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, yeah we exist simultaneously, yes, in all these dimensional planes. And you have access to all of those timelines. You can take yourself back to your mother's womb. You can take yourself back to the child self. You can draw information from there into the now. Uh, and you can even you can even grow telomeres, your telomeres of your DNA in order to create longevity in the body. You know, so so the thing is that we need to understand how we exist simultaneously in these dimensions and utilize that information in order to help sustain the most optimum state of vitality and longevity for the physical body. And uh, that's why all of this is, is important. Right on, Geraldine. Right on. We got you for another one hour here on Spaced Out Radio. And in hour number two, we are going to take audience questions for you. If you are in our YouTube chat or Spreaker chat or on Twitter, just put your questions in capital letters, and I will get them to Geraldine as quickly as possible. What a good show so far. Geraldine Orozco, Spiritual You. We've had a focus on ET contact, aliens, dimensional beings, and everything in between. We haven't found our Zen and our Chi yet, but I have a feeling sometime here in hour number two coming up next after the break that we will be able to do so. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. She is the owner of Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California. And once a month, Geraldine comes in for our little ditty here that we call The Spiritual You. Next, hour number two of Spaced Out Radio. We will be right back. All right, we're clear. You can take a break, Geraldine. We got uh, six minutes. Okay, I'll be right back. Turn it over to Dirty Filth. It is filthy art. Uh, President Zaddy, have you ever been anal probed? I can't answer that for you, buddy. Can't answer that. 
Uh, Von Patrick, good to see you. If you're new here, we thank you for tuning on in. We are just on a radio commercial break. We will be right back. You got Dirty Filth on the cartoon. That's right. Dirty Filth, drawn cartoons. I figured I'd just scoot in now and then say hi to everybody all at once so I don't have to type it 10,000 times on my little tiny laptop. Don't worry, one of these days, with a grand studio, I have minions to do my biddings. I hope everybody's having a good night. I had a fairly decent day at work. The work dog didn't bother me too much for my sandwich, so it worked out pretty good. We get a work dog, Pico. He scares all the drivers. Guys show up, and there's this great big dog there wagging her tail, slobbering all over, and everybody's terrified of her. But nonetheless, though, it's not it's not important. We're doing the spooky party here today. I hope everybody's stocking up on Halloween snacks. See if if I was was able to open portals, I'd just hit up people's Halloween. Like on Halloween, I'd be stocked forever. It's my favorite time of the year. It should be a national holiday. I think it probably said that, but nonetheless. Ooh, that's a little bit too much there, Dirty Filth. I'm excited. I'm going out again this this year with my with my pal and his little rugrats. I wear my spooky spooky costume and scare kids. I love it. Contrary to popular opinion, my cats are not starving. Oh, bloody hell. Oh, Bob Birkins. Oh, yes, I'm still here. Oh, this brush is just saturated to doom. A little mini blow dryer. Really makes a difference. Or just buy 10,000 of the same brush. By the way, if anybody's in Edmonton, (coughs) Vaughn Patrick, on the 28th, uh, I believe it's 28th, yes, 28th of October, to do a little book show down on White Ave. 
If you stop by, I'll definitely slug a wobbly with you and not be 10,000 hours late. And I'm not a wizard, so I usually show up at the proper time, not when I decide is the proper time. I've met one wizard in my entire life. And his secret ability is defeating video games after playing them for like five minutes. He figures out everything. It's just weird. It's probably an alien, but... Also, he's a cheater. He does RPGs. He just min-maxes his characters into an oblivion and... And since I'm running the adventure, I gotta. I usually get a little surprised for when he does that kind of stuff. Sucker. If you're listening, wizard. Hi there, dirty. Oh, Dave. What's happening, buddy? Oh, I was uh, telling everybody about my cheating pal when he plays RPGs and junk. He always min maxes his characters, and then mm. I have to take extra precautions to deal with him. Uh, President Zaddy feels also the fact that you have been anal probed. Phenomenal Bill, thank you for finding us through Thomas Fessler. Uh, we really love Thomas in Disclosure tonight. Great show. Good friend of ours here. Puts on great... Thomas gives me a wrench every time I go in there. Yeah. Very much. Dennis so I can kneecap How people. are you, man? Good to see you. Uh, thank you to Ozzy Ange and Hugh and Carl for the super chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. We have about 15 seconds, and we'll be right back to Geraldina Roscoe. Hi, Super Duke. Super Duke. All right. And here we go, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you all here tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Narcos. Narcos is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with hour number two of The Spiritual You, as the lovely and talented Geraldine Orozco comes in once a month from San Francisco, California, and Bay Area Meditation. Her website is GeraldineRosco.com. She is into hearing spirituality, healing that is, spirituality, consciousness, and if you've had a little ET contact, well, she could deal with that too. Geraldine, welcome back. Hi, thank you so much. 
We're going to start off with a couple of questions from our audience. This one from Brown Dwarf. In the missing 411 phenomena, a majority of the cases are people of German descent. Could that be a part of eugenics program Geraldine speaks of? <laughs> Very interesting. Yes. Um, well, actually, I'm talking about a little bit more of a broader broader uh, aspect of eugenics, which has to do with uh, maintaining and... Um, watching certain lineages and how they develop in society as a whole. Um, so, you know, in, in World War II, very clearly, uh, if, if some of you know the history of, of World War II, you know, what led into that, uh, the inspire, inspiration to go in that direction was the concept that there is a higher race, there's a higher genetic uh, uh, expression that is the highest for, for all mankind and to weed out the lower expressions of genetics that are not sustainable. And many countries around the world uh, agreed to that and uh, carried out those practices. It's not just uh, Germany. So when we take a look at that and how those practices have been integrated into society, not just through those specific uh, programs. We're talking about everything from, uh, uh, you know, making sure uh, certain cultural groups are not procreating. Uh, this happened all around the world. And I can give so many examples of this, uh, where, you know, people were sterilized without their uh, knowing in order to curve and to... Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader -leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader -leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. To kind of form the kind of genetics that were accessible. So this is interesting because when we begin to look at contactees and those that are being selected for these programs, there's also a very specific selection process for, for the hybridization program in, in the sense where a lot of the people that do remember their contact um, are usually ones that have very active DNA. They have activated a lot of aspects of their DNA, and which means that they have higher faculties. And these are usually people that are also pulled into these MK programs. They, have, they come down very long lines of military families, 
and that's not by chance. Uh, and uh, the, these military families have cultivated certain traits uh, which were genetically uh, designed as well. So there's a big connection between that and the hybridization program because in the hybridization program, you are there looking for very old genetic lineages that are descendants of these uh, bloodlines that have been cultivated since the origin of time. And what's being cultivated is every time there's been a, a cultivation and activation of life force into its highest form, every time there was a transmutation in the bloodline or or the people that have learned how to cultivate life force, whenever someone knows how to do that and was trained to do that through alchemical practices, through history, has created uh, jumps in the evolution of their genetic lineage through history. That's why a lot of these alchemical practices, cultivation of life force, has been very suppressed through history. We don't know a lot about that. Um, and yet the way to bring in the highest human, the way to create a human that is highly activated is by utilizing these kinds of alchemical sexual energy practices. And most of these occult groups that were participant in these eugenic origin programs were very well versed in these practices. So, it's interesting because in the hybridization program also, the program itself, the darker programs utilize ritualistic practices in order to create scenarios of deep trauma in this sexual intercourse and procreation. And the higher vibration, they create unions of bliss, ecstasy, uh, you know, and a lot of experiencers, they talk about these experiences they uh they're they're they have memories of having intercourse with these beings and they you can clearly tell who is having a more military experience and who is having an interdimensional experience based on what they describe you know the kind of trauma that results from that experience the scenarios that were created the kind of unions people that are selected and put into groups to breed with one another all of that is very selected and a lot of people in some of these support groups that I visited around the world, um, in South America, here in the U.S., in the U.K., I keep hearing stories of people that connect with one another in my support group that have never met in person, but they recognize each other from being on board these crafts. And when you begin to look at the parallel experiencers, you begin to see military lit families, very specific families that are descendant from certain bloodlines. And we see this over and over again with these contactees. So um, there seems to be a very, um, it, it's almost as if pre-designed how these programs are carried out. And, uh, and what I'm discovering now more through this holographic field is that really every single one of our relationships perhaps is a part of this kind of hybridization program in the highest level. Because we incarnate in our families as a result of resonance. We literally come into the families as a result of resonance in order to break certain cyclical patterns of trauma. And we have all the tools available to us, multidimensionally, physically, psychologically, in order to do that. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, really, it really goes into the purpose of the human now.
the role that you play in your family and the role that you play in the collective human race. It's very important. Every single human is vital to the information as a whole. Okay, let's move on to another question here. This one comes from TMI, who is asking, how do you grow your telomeres? So telomeres are grown uh, by healthy diets, proper sleep, uh, maintenance and balance of harmony and peace in the body that creates a homeostasis in the body. Um, and these, uh, these kinds of activities, uh, also meditation, meditation can also grow just the way meditation grows gray matter in the brain and helps regulate the nervous system. These are systems that are interconnected in order to create homeostasis in the body. And that's really the most important thing. When we create harmony physically, internally, we can, we can create the optimum balance for the physical organism to come into its highest vital state. And therefore, the concept of aging and death and illness kind of begins to reverse. And there are people that uh, maintain these healthy lifestyles tend to live longer. And, and we can actually, you know, I, I just posted on my Facebook an article today about um, how uh, scientists have found that the key to longevity is in the growth of telomeres and maintaining that 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 balanced lifestyle to support that growth. Mm. I was 0 for 3 when you were listing those off, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah? Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> just terrible. It's like, come on, Dave. Pick it up here, buddy. You got you got to be good here. No, no, I'm not being good right now. No, not whatsoever. You you would you would smack me right now. You would. It's okay. I'm it's feeling all... shame. Feeling shame right now, but uh, that's okay. Um, I want to ask you something about telepathy because mm -hmm. I know I know we've talked about this before, but this is one of the things that really really intrigues me whether it's about it's about communication with extraterrestrials or other paranormal or or cryptid type beings many people in every field that we deal in com uh state that they have had uh telepathic communication whether it's sasquatch whether it's ghosts whether it's aliens or or whatever where do you help study telepathy in order to bring our mind to that full level of usage that we need? Yeah, so mo most of the training that I teach in my meditation uh, and on my YouTube, I have a lot of free content that helps people uh, access some key daily, everyday practices of mindfulness uh, in order to train tele uh, intuition and the training of the higher faculties and in intuition help train telepathy. Telep telepathy is is the future for us. We are we are headed in that that direction. Uh, however, we are kind of racing against um, the telepathic implementation of uh, technology in, in humans. You know, now we're we're talking about the Neuralink and things like this that are implemented into the physical body to create communication that will function much like telepathy, but it's an inor inorganic way to do that. You know, it's, a, it's artificial intelligence. Um, and so the idea is that the human begins to activate their natural abilities, psychic abilities, in order to begin to tap into the telepathic um, 
abilities, you know. So um, how, do, how do we train telepathy? Uh, first, um, we need to come into that zero point. And zero point is the point of non-judgmental neutrality. It's the state of observation. If you observe your five senses and you focus on the observer that is observing the five senses, that is the zero point, neutral observer. And that's who we want to train. We want that observer to be active throughout your entire day. And this kind of active observation allows you to create that homeostasis in the physical body. And having that homeostasis and basically internal peace in the body uh, allows you to have very clear, untainted, intuitive communication with yourself and the world around you. And from there, you can enter into the realm in which you are connecting to the quantum field that connects all human beings through quantum non-locality. We begin to tap in uh, intentionally to other organisms, other human beings that are also tuned in to this field, which is connected through the morphogenetic field of the body. The morphogenetic field connects and creates this quantum field in which through quantum non-locality, we're able to have these connections. And it occurs simultaneously. We simultaneously can communicate with other people intentionally. So this is something that is very real and that humans can experience and train to do in their in their bodies. Okay, so how do you find whether or not your messages are going through? Like, I could be sending you a message right now about, hey, next time uh, I'm in California, let's let's go down to the bay and throw rocks at the seagulls. You may hear, hey, when are you getting a dog? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. How do you train not- that? Well, not really, because if I'm thinking about a dog, then I'm not tuning into you. I'm tuning into my own thoughts, right? <laughs> so um, how do we tune into that? Well, you know, we, we, we would both have to be in a state of neutral observation. And uh, we would both have to be uh, very, we have to train our mind to focus on clear intention, Clear intention that isn't tainted by fears, anxieties, or doubts. And that's, that's very, can seem very simple, but it's actually very hard for most humans to do that because we're always used to being in survival. When we're in survival, we can't focus on this field. We are focused on the physical. So this is entering into a whole nother level of the human existence and so if i would come into that neutral observation state and so would you we would lock in intentionally i would put my attention into opening myself to communicating with you and you would do the same to me and we would be able to have that communication this is trained there are schools around the world um, that train to do this so you know it's not something completely crazy Uh, all of these mk uh, people that are utilized in these Government programs are are also trained into some of these techniques as well. You know, this is something that's known. All right, let's move on to another question here. And this one comes from Pure Aussie Gold. Geraldine, have you ever read the Urantia book? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so that deals with Edgar Cayce and all kind of stuff. So uh, we'll move on from there. Blue Cruise is wondering, can too many telomeres have the reverse effect on the health of our human body? 
No, the telomeres basically are uh, helping uh, process the DNA writing and implementation into the protein mechanism creation of the physical body. So basically, mm-hmm. it's telling the, 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 the DNA what to write and to produce in the physical body. So if we continue to sustain healthy lifestyle, you can only expect to have a good end product, a good result, right? The physical body will present itself as healthy, vitality, longevity, um, and it'll create uh, balance in the body. So uh, I don't believe uh, telomere, it's not about having too many telomeres. It's about the quality of the telomere growth, just like the quality of your, you know, let's say skin or the quality of your eating habits. Like, you know, you just maintain a healthy balance in how you are maintaining this wellness in your physical body. That's, that's really what it is. Oh, wow. Okay. Let, let us continue here as uh, we wait for more questions from our audience. The idea that we want to communicate should we though is communication with higher dimensional beings whether it's aliens or anything else actually healthy for us uh i think that it is absolutely um essential for us to learn how to navigate interdimensional realms i think it's part of the complete human experience because we if we continue to stick to just the physical life it's been proven by looking at our society as a whole that we that the human becomes dissatisfied uh, and unfulfilled by only focusing on the external material uh, wellness there's an imbalance because organically the human innately knows that there is more to the human and the human in order to feel and connect to its innate expression of, of infinite source, um, it has to tune in to that bliss ecstasy state of unconditional love. And the only way we can access that bliss state is by deprogramming limiting belief systems that cause suffering. So when we talk about these, these things, you know, we're not just talking about um, conceptual ideas of only ETs. We're really talking about the whole, uh, the whole uh, holistic experience of the human we at some point in our life need to learn how to navigate interdimensional realms because all humans experience interdimensionality when we're dreaming um when you know when 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 we experience uh near-death experiences when when we uh are at the approaching death uh and these are things that that humans have been studying for centuries learning how to navigate out-of-body experiences so it's it's we need to mature as a as a collective human race in studying these these things so that we can live uh, more complete, whole, healthy lives. And and let's go even deeper. The the genetic trauma that we hold on to that's inherited through our lineage is going to be repeated if we continue living in the physical realm, because the physical realm is the karmic cycle that we're repeating over and over again. The moment the human wakes up consciousness and becomes aware of more than just the physical suffering, it can choose to break these patterns of suffering and trauma and change their life, heal their life. And there, from there emerges the opportunity to navigate interdimensionality. All right. And ET contact is, is in that realm. That's it's, 
it's every human. And, and I think that especially now we are getting to a point where more people are going to come into this topic. They're going to be more interested in it. Excellent. Yes, we need more people awakening. All right, let's go to a question from the audience here. Let's go to Vin as we got uh, two and a half minutes left. Is deja vu the moment when another version of our consciousness in their dream state slides into our waking life? That is why it feels familiar as we have experienced this moment in another dimension. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, deja vu is very interesting. But uh, as a psychic, as, a, as an intuitive, tuning into when I, when I experience these deja vus and also see my clients experience them, what I see is that two, two points in their field come, come alive or come, in, come into contact awareness at the same time. That's what I that's what I notice interdimensionally is occurring. So it's quite exactly like what you're saying. It's almost as if these two timelines have kind of met each other, become aware of themselves and crossed. People that practice awareness tend to have more deja vu experiences, more deja vu uh, memories, not only in waking state, but in dream state as well. Excellent. Excellent. So do you believe it is uh, another timeline then? that is showing us that we've lived that moment before? Yes, it's a simultaneous timeline that exists. And so in that moment of becoming aware, you, you there's a brief moment where you know what happens next, and that moment of information allows you to choose differently in that present moment. If you're conscious, you'll make the choice that will help you expand in the direction that's needed. It's like the higher it's almost like as if the higher self we're providing you an opportunity to make a different choice this time. Uh, but really, we're talking about an entire organism of intelligence that's offering you an opportunity to make a different choice this time. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful moment of, of waking up consciousness and choosing. Excellent. Geraldine, I'm going to get you to hold on right there as we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Geraldine Orozco, we have her for for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio, and we will get to more questions from you and keep talking a little bit of this high strangeness that we call aliens, whatever you want to call it. I like calling it aliens because it's just fun saying everything is all about aliens. You got aliens, I got aliens. Hey, everybody's got some aliens around there. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. The Spiritual You with Geraldine Orozco happens the first week of every month. We love it when Geraldine's here on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. We'll be right back with more SOR right after this. Hi, Geraldine. we got five minutes. Okay, awesome. All right, I'm going to go get more water. Dirty filth, we're going to check out your art here. So... Oh, it's a Halloween special. Look at Dirty Filth. Yeah. Oh, but I already did a Halloween special on one of the weekend shows, so you guys will have to go back and look at that one. And I'll actually I've done three now. I've unintentionally done three Halloween drawings. Great. I'm just gonna have to run with it. I guess it's that spooky time of year. Look at the Vodnik over there, upside down with his red shoes and golden. Golden 
shoe buckles. I should have made them brass. Brass sounds better than gold when you say it. Little pumpkin. Oh, I can't wait to carve pumpkins. I hope all you guys. Mark Sanchez, artwork still sitting in front of me. I hope you guys carve pumpkins and junk. That's my favorite. I always eat the pumpkin seeds too. And if you ever get a chance, you should do a stew inside of a pumpkin if you have a large enough oven. Anyways, now I'm rambling here. Nonetheless, we got two ghosties and mini Mothman hanging out. And they'll be hanging out uh, next next week as well at the end of the month big spooky party hey there i'm david novak i ran taco bell kfc and pizza and like you i'm always learning so i can be the best leader i can be that's why i started how leaders lead the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicholas. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic's going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. I think I forgot. Hi to everybody. Didn't say hi to you already. I apologize. And since we're here, this is an unofficial plug. Dave hasn't sanctioned this, but you should go to Vegas next year and I will give you one of the a bazillion art cards that I've I've made. Look at you could possibly get Nessie. Or you could get a man in black. Or look at you. Maybe that beauty. Look at me, Dave, plug in some Vegas stuff. Anybody that shows up there, if you can find me, get one of those bad boys. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Sanchez in the chat room says, I have the nightcrawler. Nice. Yeah, Vegas is. He does. I let him pick. 
Go ahead, Dave. No, you go ahead, buddy. Well, I let Mark Sanchez be like Corby in the alleyway, and we were talking, and uh, we traded artwork. Actually, it was pretty cool. And I got it stuck in front. I got it up on my little board in front of my table here. So every time I go and do any artwork, Mark Sanchez got his artwork right in front of me. Uh huh. He's got good hair, Mark Sanchez. Good solid head of hair. You know, I mean, if, he, I, I if, he, if you put a, an 80s mustache on him, he is definitely the John Oates of Hall and Oates. <laughs> Don't put yourself on mute over that. You know, it's true. You know, it's true. Mark Sanchez. I was uh, I was coughing. Mark Sanchez is really is really. Uh, John Oates from Holland Oates, who shaved his mustache. That's it. It's true. Uh huh. Pretty close, right there. This is awesome. May nineteenth through twenty first, second annual Vegas fan party. We want to see you all at the Golden Nugget with us. We're going to have all of our hosts there. Dirty Filth is going to be there, and we are going to rock it out like we did last year with all of you. We're going to have a bunch of special guests coming on in. Science Bob is going to be there. Tom Whitmore is going to be there. I believe Melinda Leslie is going to be there. Geraldine was supposed to show up last year. We're going to we're going to twist her arm a little bit, see if she'll join us this year coming on in. Uh, who else is coming? Uh, the guys from uh, from UAP Studies Podcast. We know uh, Ben and Joe from UFO Garage are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you to Vaughn, Ozzy Ange, and Carl for the super chats. Very much appreciate it. Hi, Thurston Howell Third. Tell Lovey we miss her around here. And uh, we're going to get going here right now, everyone. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to see you with us. My name is Dave Scott, host of this wonderful show. want to remind you that if we miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight. We have her till the top of the hour, Geraldina Roscoe from GeraldinaRoscoe.com and BayAreaMeditation.com. The spiritual you is underway. Geraldine, did you make a wardrobe change during the break? I did because I was so cold oh. in my shirt. <laughs> I had my window open. I was wearing this shirt that was like very thin and I wanted to put my sweater on. Mm. Yeah. So Yes, <laughs> it it's so cold there. It's so cold. Oh god, here we go. Has it dro- <laughs> has it dropped past 60 yet? No. 
Not yet. Oh my. <laughs> I, I, I and mean, it's, yeah. Now I have to do a weather check here. Weather. Oh, God. It's like, I don't Hold know. Hold on. Cold. Right, right now, <laughs> right now in my area, it is 13 degrees Celsius, which I believe, <gasps> and which I believe is about uh, around 54, 50, yeah, 52. It's cold, really. Oh, mm-hmm. that's t-shirt weather. <laughs> yes. But but you'll be happy to know that we are experiencing an extreme drought right now, which oh, means really? that, yeah, we haven't had rain in like forever. And Oh, uh, I hope you guys get rain. Yeah. Last year at this time, there was uh, close to a foot of snow. Oh, yeah. Wow. This year, it's like topping out at like still around 70 degrees. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's kind of good. At least you not get to be because last year you had you had snow till almost like May. April, May. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have to uh, uh, sleep with a window open so that way my my pillows get cold. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my God, I can't stand a cold pillow. I won't. I'll catch a cold if I have a cold are you, pillow. Are you serious? You are <laughs> yes. the only person I have ever chatted to who actually admits that they like the warm pillow over the cold pillow. Warm pillow. <sighs> At least not cold. Maybe not warm, but not cold. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I love a nice cold pillow. Ice cold pillows are just awesome. All right, where? Are we- yeah, you know I. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Tell us a story. No, no, no. I was just going to say this. uh, You know how they say that the silk pillow is the best for the skin and the hair? But even that is very cold, so I I can't Mm. use those either. Anyway. I still use down pillows that my grandmother made me. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, these these pillows are like 40, 50 years old. Very delicate. I have to watch how I wash them. Oh, wow. And... Mm. uh, you know, the best part about it is they just contour to every place your head goes. And I'm going to be honest with you. I got a massive head. You've seen it. It's it, my melon <laughs> is is very large. And the, these yeah. pillows are just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Love them. Love them. Nice. All right. Let's talk some aliens here. Uh, you know, we always seem to focus on the grays. We always seem to focus on, uh, you know, whether or not they are are biological or some sort of biological AI type form. You have dealt with a number of extraterrestrial species in your travels throughout the universe and, and the experiences that you've had, you know, when it comes to aliens, like for me, I usually only see grays. I never get the mantids. I never get the reptilians. I never get the humanoids. I'm feeling a little ripped off by that. You know, why do some people just only get the grays while the other ones get all the fun stuff? Okay, so that's exactly a perfect segue to what I was talking about earlier about how what my research is around is that DNA contact is a result of DNA expression and activation. The more that you activate your DNA, the more you're going to have access to more uh, frequencies because 
alien species is not a very cold black and white thing. It's not like reptilians are one way, Pleiadians are one group. We are, they are all within them, just like humans, cocktail of DNA. So they also have very specific, um, you can say agendas. Their vibrational frequency is, is the key. Where do they fit in the range of vibrational frequency? Are they high vibration? Are they low? And what defines those? Uh, high vibration is those that are more constructive, more productive for the collective whole, for the well-being of the collective whole. Negative or, or low vibration is those that are more parasitic. So this is how I would define those two. And so people are experiencing either many ranges or they're sticking to very specific groups. My next question would be, if you're only seeing grays, is your experience positive or negative? And now, how, how I would ask that question is not simply on your perception, but perhaps an intuitive uh, look at the in, in, intention of these groups with you. Do you feel that it's high vibration or low vibration? In example, if we use you for an example. If I were to take the the situation from about a month and a half ago, I would say it with the green-eyed dude, I would say that would be, it was a higher vibration. Okay, Uh, excellent. So, you know, this, this is very interesting because if you look in comparison to the evolution of your contact, usually you will see a shift in, in how that played out in your life. And many contactees experience these shifts. They start with specific kind of contact. Once they come to terms with what that was about, the role that they play in that experience, they begin to activate more memories that are suppressed from childhood. But you can also experience more things that you're going into. Now, another interesting element to this is uh, councils. Councils is a very interesting thing. Many people discover that they're very connected to certain councils. Either they're a part of that council or they have a council that they believe is watching over them. And what I have kind of discovered through speaking to so many of these people is that uh, these councils are kind of a holographic expression of what is encoded in their genetic lineage. And they watch over the hybridization programs that they help create because these councils are very keen on directing certain lineages coming together to create these hybrids. They are the ones that orchestrate and design the genetic modification process of the hybridization program. And from the other side of it, the human that sees these councils um, are experiencing these things through generations. They seem to have the same kind of contact. And these contact, these councils are made up of different kinds of species. So that is an expression of the genetic cocktail that you have within this agenda that you participate in. You know, so I think that the more you activate your abilities and the more you understand your participation in this exchange, if we, we essentially have to learn how to become conscious and learn how to navigate the unknown in all dimensional planes. And we, when we have contact, we're exploring certain dimensional planes. We can go lower, we can go higher. The idea is to continue moving and don't get stuck or identified with anything because uh, ultimately we are, we are everything, you know, and that's very important in the healing process of ET contact. 
people get very tied up on species. They become identified and that's it. They become that. They think I'm Lyran. That's it. I'm Lyran. I'm nothing more than Lyran. But it kind of stagnates your evolution because you're limiting yourself because that specific lineage that you've uh, you've decided to explore is still very limited in comparison to what you are because you are way more than that. So I think it's really important when we talk about ET contact that we understand that this is an ongoing evolutionary process that has to continue. It can't stay stuck anywhere. I thought you brought up a very interesting point there regarding, you know, people who say they're from Lyra and they're stuck on Lyra and they're Lyra and, you know, how do we even know? Like, look, we can sit there and say, you know, I'm Anunnaki or I'm, you know, Lyran or I'm from the Pleiades or whatever. To me, that sounds like the same thing where, you know, when people talk about their previous lives, they're always someone famous. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you're absolutely right. You totally got it right there because that's exactly what it is. You see, we are tuning in to the simultaneous timelines, which are past lives and future lives, which are these interdimensional aspects of ourselves. Future and past is the only way for the human mind to be able to even com- conceptualize these com- these concepts that transcend time. Time is very limited to the human understanding and also physics. It's very limited. When you transcend time, you know, you begin to understand that it is the quantum field goes beyond time. And so do these experiences because they belong to um, a field of interdimensional realms in which these laws no longer apply. And so, you know, um, what I, I see the humans that I, the people that I work with are moving through their spiritual work faster and healing quickly themselves and their families when they begin to integrate their past lives and they begin to integrate their contact experience and they keep moving because they understand and they keep, they program in their subconscious mind that they are one. And that's very important because remember, the human matrix likes to create compartmentalization. It, it needs fragmentation, fractalization of the soul. Because when we fractalize, either in procreation or in hybridization, we are becoming entangled in the matrix. And the entanglement is what creates a depletion of life force in ways that transcend just this life. It's very important. And so when you begin to understand the architecture of the human body, you know, having the fluid life force moving through you without blockages of trauma really creates vitality and accessibility to all these dimensional activities and awareness. Okay. You you know, because I think a lot of people mainly do it for attention and, you know, and I think that that gives the entire community a little bit of a bad name you know when when people when we're trying to introduce people to this well, and you get yeah. somebody going in yes i i am lyran my my alien name is vishna do fida or something like that and i could speak 12 different languages from the pleiades or the or the lyran language or whatever i mean i just want to i want to shake this person I want to say you, you, you need you need to go get help. Oh, well, you know what though, um, 
I feel a lot of compassion for people that are there because at least they transcended the human matrix. But what happened is they went into another dimension of the same matrix because when we define things and we, 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 it's the death of us. Definition is the death of us, you know, because we, we lock ourselves into a construct, into a box, into a definition, an identity, the identity. We become identified with something and that's it. That's your death. So um, from the higher level, remembering that we're one is key. And also, I think that you brought up a really good point because this is how ET contact can become a distraction, and I see that it is utilized as a distraction greatly, you know, since for a very long time, misinformation, uh, manipulation of information about ET contact creates a distraction in people because they are not able to stick to what's important of identifying themselves as source, as all. This is very important for the health, not only of their body, their mind, their lineage. We need to remember that we're everything and nothing simultaneously that's the key all right let's get to a question from nikki here and let me just find it here so my chat room is scrolling a little bit off topic but she says geraldine what is your view on healing past lifetimes in the current lifetime absolutely essential however uh and and here's how i'll say now what you're going to notice when you start doing deprogramming, let me quickly give you an overview. What's what's deprogramming? Deprogramming is deprogramming of limiting belief systems. Limiting belief systems that don't allow you to uh, operate in your highest potential. Okay? So those are belief, beliefs of unworthiness, not able to love yourself, uh, not feeling good enough, not belonging, feeling separate, feeling disconnected, all these things that are different uh, facets of separation. So these things create uh, an abandonment for the self and parts of ourselves throughout our entire life. So in healing process, we want to recognize all these parts of us that were created through trauma and reintegrate them. We reintegrate them by becoming aware of them. So when you're doing that process, what you'll discover is that it's just repeated programs of the same thing. We are learning how to choose between love and fear constantly. That's the base of healing. And when you begin to heal your entire life, in my process, I went all the way back to my childhood, to the womb, be able to reintegrate that. And that allowed me to unlock past life memories. Because what I discovered is things that I couldn't explain in this lifetime were linked interdimensionally with experience of past lives. Scars on my body, uh, certain um behavioral things that weren't necessarily directly linked to my family lineage, I discovered in past life aspects of myself. However, you're going to find that it's all the same. And when you start working with past lives, you'll be able to reintegrate the same patterns that you're, re you're reliving every single lifetime. You're going to discover your purpose because you're going to understand how you, the family that you came into, the tools that you have available to you, all play a role in your ability to break away from the karmic cyclical cycle. Okay. And you'll, you'll also discover the next step from there is ET contact, because this is what happened to me. When I reintegrated all of my past lives, 
this is how I had this uh, ET contact experience in 2013. That was the next step. Because my question was, what is truth? What is whole? What are we? And it took me into that direction. And many people experience this. So it's essential that you get to that. But first, you need to work on this lifetime. It's very important. All right. What is the... What is the understanding or the belief about healing the past? Is it regarding, you know, setting up a future lifetime of less pain? Or is it, you know, just that the stop of that, if you stop that karmic energy, that it immediately stops in this current lifetime? Yeah, so what is karma? Karma is simply cause and effect. So all the choices... And the reasons why we made those choices. Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Form who we are. And this is deep, deep subconscious programs. Your worth, you know, the way that you speak, the personalities that you have are all modulated as a result of these kinds of uh, belief systems. And these belief systems are inherited. You're going to discover they're inherited from mother and father, their mother and father, their mother and father. And when you start going down the generations, that's when you're touching into past lives because you have been your mother in a past life. You've been your father in your past life. And all of the being the people in your lineage have played different roles with you in many past lives that you've had. These unions of, of, of uh, consciousness are brought together by resonance. Resonance is basically the lessons that you are meant to learn as a soul group. Uh, and what creates the soul group is resonance. Okay, so when we begin to become aware of these, um, these lessons that we haven't learned, that we haven't been able to overcome for many lifetimes, um, we have a really powerful opportunity of healing ourselves. And then we offer an opportunity to raise the frequency of the collective family, and they begin to heal themselves. You cannot control their healing, but you offer an opportunity for them to do so. And collectively, this healing affects the entire world because we're interconnected as one as well. And as you can see, a lot of people have been focusing more on healing over the past uh, 10 years, you know, in different ways than we have in other generations. And I think that has a lot to do not only with the evolutionary point that we're in right now, but also we're moving along with technology, with many things. Many things are, are supporting uh, this natural evolution and discovery of the human of themselves and consciousness. So I think it's, it's just part of this journey. 
Excellent. We have about three and a half minutes to go here before we got to go to break at the top of the hour. And we got three and a half minutes left with Geraldine Orozco tonight. Geraldine, you got a lot coming up uh, here in the next little while here. Uh, what? How does the next few months right before uh, 2022 uh, says goodbye? Uh, what are you going to be up to? Yeah, there's lots of exciting conferences that I'll be speaking at uh, on Portal to Ascension. Um, so you guys can check out all my upcoming events on my website. Uh, so definitely check that out. November, we have uh, the Conscious Beings Conference. Uh, so please check out the link for that. You can register for those events on Portal to Ascension. Really exciting. And uh, yeah, lots of other exciting projects that you know I'll, I'll be posting on my website and my Instagram and social uh, links. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know what? It's always a pleasure to have you back. And once again, I'm really sorry <laughs> that I missed uh, last month with you. I, I really oh, am. No. I'm so happy you had a vacation. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. Oh well, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew what to do. I never knew what to do. But that's okay. Geraldine, what's your final? Mm. We got two minutes left. What's the final uh, message you have for our uh, our audience tonight when it comes to their own ET contact? Yeah, you know, the only thing I can leave you with is to please uh, meditate daily. Find yourself. Find the bliss state. That bliss state that is within you. Uh, allows you to love unconditionally yourself and everything around you. That's the key to moving your vortex faster so that you can come into that neutral zero point and begin to travel interdimensionally in a way that is compassionate and loving for yourself. So um, you guys can check out my YouTube channel, Geraldine Roscoe, and I have lots of free uh, videos that you can check out and, and practices that you can apply. And if you want to work with me, uh, either in a hypnotherapy or DNA reprogramming, you can visit my website and I would be very happy to work with you. So thank you. Oh, not a problem. And I have done it. I have done it with Geraldine. I have yeah. I have done the DNA reprogramming and, and the the regression therapy. And I will tell you, I don't know what the hell came out because she hasn't sent me the tape yet. You know, I sent you the I tape. I know it. I screwed it up. I need you to resend <laughs> it to me. I need you to resend okay, it. Okay, I, I will look at that again. Let's see. I'll send it to you again. And then yeah. So you can see. Yeah. I don't remember much from that. I really don't. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I, I'm curious. You know, I and I will tell the audience too. I thought I was only under for about 20 minutes, and it was like she put me right out. Geraldine put me right out for about, what, two hours, two and a half hours, something like that? Yeah, probably about two two hours or yeah, so. Yeah. You, you mm -hmm. beat the tar out of me. Beat the tar out of me. <laughs> I love it. My, my friend, it was great. My friend, it is always good to see you on Spaced Out Radio. Same here. Thank we, you so much. We will talk to you at the beginning of November once again and uh and you know as we start to get ready for the holiday season and uh, all the best to you and and much love from all of us at spaced out radio thanks so much see you soon bye-bye everyone geraldina roscoe from geraldinarosco.com she comes on in the beginning of each month to get into our zen our chi and all the aliens in between we love her around here. Check her out at GeraldineRosco.com. Coming up to kick off hour number three, Swamp Dweller's back. 
with another spooky story. Then Bigfoot Michigan Rob and his Team Canada bandana join us for the Cryptid Report. Next on Space Down Radio. Hi, Bigfoot Rob. Hey, Dave. How's it going, buddy? Uh, the old te- Is that orange or red? It looks red from here. Well, my shirt is orange, and the actual bandana is burgundy, believe it or oh, not. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it, it does look a little Team Canada, little don't it? Little Team Canada right there, or Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, something of that nature, right? All right. <laughs> Let's say hello to Paramarv. Let's say hello to... Uh, who else jumped in here? Vibeke Hansen. Welcome to SOR chat. I'm going to let you know. Uh, and Jane Patterson is here. The Jane Patterson has arrived for the first time in our chat room. Uh, Asteroid, welcome back. Uh, Rob, I'm going to let you uh, play with the audience here for a little bit. Well, ah, okay. I, Very good. Yeah. Uh, I'll be right back. Sounds good. <laughs> So, hello, everybody. I'm Spaced Out Radio Land. I tell you what, you guys. Geraldine Roscoe, soothing. You know, I listen to her. I can listen to her. I've got to make a note to listen to her at least once a week. Just get that zen going, you know. She always has such a great message. And uh, fabulous guests. We're talking about these different planes and the frequencies and I get a lot out of it, and just a fantastic woman. Hello, Kiera, Jenny, Tony, Corey, Jessica S. Nightmare, Pam Smith, Pine Island. I'm doing good, Tony. Thanks. Blue Cruise. Yes, indeed. So uh, what I got scheduled with Dave today, I got a, depending on the time slot, I've got some uh, cool report slash encounters I'll go over and read to you guys. Love you too, Kiera. Filthy, my man. Thurston Howell, good to see everybody. Good to be back. I haven't been on for about a month or so, so it's always nice and refreshing to be back on. So, yeah, that's kind of the plan for tonight, for this evening. Tombstone, how you doing? In case you missed it, I had a show earlier today at 9. New show, Tuesdays. Beyond BMR, we had Barry Littleton, and we talked time travel. So that was cool. Are we really aliens from the future? But everything's good. Great show. I tell you what, here we talk about weather in Canada. The weather here, 58 degrees, and it's a little still chilly for Michigan. Hi, Carl Bittner. Paul Holland, how you doing? Hope everybody's having a fantastic night. For me, it's nighttime. It's 2.03 in the morning. Blue Cruise. Crave Dog. Uh, my channel is called Bigfoot Michigan Rob. 
Very simple. Don't even need a link. Just type it. Hi, Laura Sosa. Yes, my little roll call, right? You know, Dave's, you know, doing his thing. So I, I get to greet you guys. Hi, Doug Shelby. TMI, too much information. Tony D. Tony, hey, Rob, have you ever heard of an organization called the 4ES? No, I'm sorry, I haven't. Hi, Knight Rider. Yeah, Jessica S. It's pretty chilly here. Typically, it doesn't get chilly until like end of October. So, but I can't complain with you folks that live way up north and, and in Canada and such. So, yeah, Pine, I bet you it is chilly in northern Minnesota. Yes, go Red Wings. We finally might have a team this year. Maybe we'll maybe we'll make the playoffs. I don't know. It's almost October. Oh, it is October, and it's almost Halloween, I should say, and my, my football team is uh, looking like they uh, they might be going. They might not be going anywhere once again, but, again, that's not new news for anybody that lives in the state of Michigan or follows the Detroit Lions. Oh, it's a balmy 59 in southern in southern Michigan. Yeah, right, Paramaro. Yeah, balmy 59. Filthy go Oilers. Yeah, yeah. You got to pick one of those Canadian teams, though. You know, I got the wings and my alt. I, I, I don't have an alternative team yet. Filthy. Maybe I'll take the Oilers or Calgary. So that that's just, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to have to do that. In fact, after tonight's show, I think I'm going to pencil in my second team to go along with the Red Wings. So I got so Dave will help me pick a team, either Edmonton or or, Ed, or Calgary to be my my backup team to Edmonton. my my Red Wings. Edmonton. It's always Edmonton. You don't want to be part of that yeah. filthy no good ought to be tossed out of the NHL Calgary Flames garbage. Yeah, well, no you don't. Well, you know I got the colors on. I'm going to have to get me some Edmonton Oiler bandanas for the yes. next time I'm out. All right, we got 10 seconds. Uh, hi, Pam Smith. Hi, William Metz. Welcome to SOR Chat. And Carl King, welcome to SOR Chat. Here we go, everyone. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Narcos. Narcos is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you 
Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Even if this isn't selected, I figured a story involving dreams and meeting two dead relatives and my good friend would at least be worth sharing. They were very personal and aided in helping me grieve as if they knew it was exactly what I needed. Considering it happened three times, I think it's kind of weird. I sadly don't remember the day my grandfather passed, but I remember the reactions. My mother left his room after he told her to go, and he passed immediately after she walked in the door. Of course, We were all devastated by the loss. It's only natural after all. But for me, I I guess it didn't really hit me as hard because I was so young. I didn't really stick around my grandfather often. He loved to drink and barely ate. The man was a stick figure, but he still loved me, and I, at the very least, respected him. About a week or so after he passed, I had gone to bed. Now I usually don't even remember my dreams, but this one I will never forget. I was in the park with trees, grass, and a light summer breeze. It was beautiful, and there, sat upon a bench, was my grandfather. He was dressed in a red plaid buttoned shirt, blue slacks, and his signature hat. He sees me, smiles, and waves me over. From that point, it was roughly 20 minutes of us having a conversation about several things, but in the end, we said our goodbyes and I left that park. I awoke with tears and a sense of weight was lifted off of my consciousness. I got to say goodbye to him. Many years later, my grandmother, after beating cancer twice and giving up in the third round, ultimately passed on the cusp of July 27th. The coroner's reports put her death on the 27th, but my family firmly believes it was the 26th. That, however, holds no relevance. A side note involving my mother, hours after she passed, I was consoling her in her bedroom when out of the blue, a Mother's Day balloon drifted from the ceiling unprovoked and bumped my mother in the back. One last goodbye from my mother's mother. As for me, roughly two or so weeks later, I once again went to bed. This time I could smell cigarette smoke. The only time I'd ever smelt it was because of my grandmother. She lived with us during the last year or so of her life and would smoke in the kitchen, which was next to my room. She'd use an air purifier to combat this. I stepped out of my room and she was smoking at the kitchen table in her red nightgown. She takes a drag, and upon putting the cigarette down toward the ashtray, she looks at me and says she forgives me. I immediately woke up, crying once again. I loved my grandmother despite her old-school antics, and to hear her again, even if for a fleeting moment, made me feel at ease. Fast forward to around mid-December, the final message any of our friends would send to another friend who had fallen ill was for him to get better. We'd never hear from him again. It wasn't until Christmas that one of us went to perform a wellness check and found him dead in his room. I felt at a loss. He was 35. It would later be determined it was COVID-related. We tried our best, but it was hard. Then I fell asleep again. My good friend who had passed had a twisted sense of humor. 
We didn't hold anything back between the four of us. My dream that had him was just as twisted as our humor. The biggest takeaway I can give without getting in trouble is he lost a lot of weight, he was overweight like two of us in this four-person band, and had found a rather attractive woman. We cracked jokes and had our laughs, and as soon as he began to talk about something else, I woke up. I informed the other two groups of friends about what I saw, and unable to believe it had happened three times, I know it'll be the deadliest blow to my mental fortitude when my mother passes away. I can only hope I can spend one more time with her in my dreams. Ah, uh, spooky ghostly stories, courtesy of the Swamp Dweller, and we very much appreciate the Swamp Dweller coming on in each and every Monday through Friday night to kick off hour number three with a spooky journey. You can listen to thousands of Swamp Dweller stories. They are all free for you by going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. Go hit subscribe on his channel and check it on out today. All right, filling in for Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio, we got Bigfoot Michigan Rob taking in the Cryptid Report tonight. Bigfoot Michigan Rob rocking the burgundy bandana, the colors of his Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he loves so much. Never mind his Detroit Lions, who still can't win a football game. Uh, You know, the Detroit Lions, that's a sore subject, Dave. It's not even Halloween, and uh, I'm already looking forward to our draft, our upcoming draft in the spring, man. Dude, I got to ask you, how how do you punish yourself like this? Like, seriously. I mean, every single year for like the past 30 years, I mean, why do you do this to yourself? You know, I guess I'm just a diehard. I, you know, I love football, particularly the NFL and Hey, I grew up on it and yes, it is torture, Dave. It's, it's, it's a sick torture. It's something that they should have a program for. You where I could go and say, hi, I'm a Detroit Lion addict. But no such programs. Therefore, I suffer. I suffer with the misery. Even the Cleveland Browns uh, are in first yeah. place in their division. The Cleveland yeah. Browns. Oh, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for putting me in a depression before I get on with the cryptid report. Hence, I will rise above. I will rise above like we do in the city of Detroit. And we always look for the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe the hockey town, Detroit Red Wings, this year will do something for me. I hope. Hey, if anybody can turn that around, Steve Eiserman can. He's that Absolutely. amazing. He's that amazing. So it's all good there, man. There's a reason why they call he was called the captain, and uh, he turned around Tampa Bay, didn't he? And uh, so, I, yeah, I like the Iserman plan. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking good, I think. Born in Cranbrook, British Columbia, Steve yeah, our number one draft pick. Yeah, way back when, when I was a little kid. You know, you know what's funny? I worked with a guy when I was a hockey instructor. I worked with a guy 
who was drafted in the eighth round. Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code EASY1000, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code EASY1000 and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The BetMGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports, now in more markets than ever. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Louisiana only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. In partnership with Samstown Shreveport Casino. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. Same round or same draft as Eiserman to be his playmaker. And Ooh. then he blew out his back and never got his shot in the NHL. Oh, wow. What? Bad luck, man. Jeez. That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. That's worse than the Detroit Lions misery. I, I, yeah, it is. I hear you. I hear you. What do you got on the cryptid side for us tonight, Bigfoot, Michigan, you know, Rob? Well, sure. You know, for the last several months, I've put together a series. I've gotten a series of emails from people that follow my channel, and they sent in reports slash encounters that I've been doing on the show, reading, and it seems to go over well. And they're pretty good. I mean, I like them. People seem to enjoy them. And I got a call about 1130 to come on. And I'm like, okay, I'll put some things together for you, Dave, to do my best. And I'm going to kick it off. It's uh, what, about 216. All right. I got several things I put together. I'll just get it kicked off if uh, you don't mind. And um, yeah, do that. This first one, this comes from Elkhorn, Wisconsin. And uh, this is uh, from a subscriber that uh, emailed me and I'm going to go ahead and uh, get on with it. Hey, Rob, it was midnight when I was walking down the infamous Bray road, taking a shortcut down the road and through the woods. No, not your grandmother's house, but my girlfriend, Anne's. the year was fall of 1983. Of course, I'd heard of, of the folklore or legend of a man like wolf that had terror terrorized this part of Wisconsin off of this infamous road. And to me, it was just that, folklore, or a legend passed down from 1936 when a legend first arose and later made popular by then-reporter Lena Godfrey, who has written a book on the subject. I had taken this pathway to Anne's many times, especially when, it was, when I was in a hurry, and frankly, it was just more convenient. After walking down Bray Road, I'd cut through the trail that would lead me directly through the woods for about a mile that ended at the end of the block at Ann's house. I found it strange, after several yards of walking the trail, that I did not hear the usual chirping of crickets or any of the typical sounds that I was familiar with at nighttime. I started feeling a bit weary of this, and for some reason, I found myself stopping and turning to look over my right shoulder towards the wood line. I continued down my path as only a few hundred yards would lead me to my destination. Then I heard a crackling in the brush, as though an animal of some sort had been scampering in back of me and getting closer. 
The crackling of brush got louder. I stopped. I whirled around and saw nothing. But now the crackling of brush also subsided. Now I picked up my pace into a light jog and was determined to get to Ann's house as soon as possible. Then it started again. The crackling of brush picked up, and this time when I turned around, I saw what appeared to be a large dog or wolf on all fours on the outer edge of the tree line just off the road following me. My heart started to beat fast, and sweat started to pour from the top of my head. For whatever reason, I noticed that crackling of brush started to sound a bit different, as though perhaps a person and not an animal was in back of me. It was bipedal, and to my relief, I figured it was another person on my trail, or on the trail in back of me, I should say, Rob. I turned around, and to, I turned around, and to my instincts, this was a bipedal walking, but this was no human. The wolf-like creature was now upright on two legs, advancing upon me. I was in shock. I dared not to run, but this thing was gaining fast upon me. Then, in the distance, what appeared to be a motor or perhaps a scooter of some sort, was heard in the distance. Still scared to turn around, I noticed an illumination from behind me, and in fact, it was a man on a scooter who started to honk his horn and was waving one hand in the air, as if gesturing me to stop. At this point, the bipedal creature was not in view. When the man on the scooter, much older than I, approached, he stopped and said, You know, son, it's not all that safe walking these trails late at night, and asked if he could accompany to my destination. Before I could answer, I asked, did you see anything or anyone following behind me? The older man said, with an odd grin, do you mean the beast of Bray Road? My body grew chills, and my sweat appeared to freeze on my forehead, and in an indent instance, the old man sped off. I have not told a soul this story. I was relieved to get to Anne's house. When she looks at me as I arrive, she asked what was wrong. I simply replied, some old guy on a motorbike freaked me out. Steve from Grand Blanc. Sure he did. <laughs> sure he did. Yes. I don't know. Did he? <laughs> Did you speed off, Dave? What do you think? I am not buying that for an instant, man. You know, I read them as I get them, and you know what? I will agree. I will have to agree. But I found it interesting. I found that I've heard stories of people could fabricate where there's always some old man creeping around, right, that happens to end the story. And in this case, I'm in agreement with you. You know, I just want to know what it's like to come face to face with one of these dog men. You know, I'm not sure I want to experience it, but I want to know what it feels like. I want to see one. You know, it scares the daylight out of me just thinking about it. But, I mean, Rob, how about you? I tell you what, Dave, I, I'm not so sure I'd want to see a dog, man. Then again, me being inquisitive, me being in what I'm into today, I want to see one. As you know, we've all heard about my 
Bigfoot encounter, which really scared the daylights out of me, as you would say. It really did. It it was traumatic. And I hear a lot of these dogman encounters where a lot of people, they're looking at this thing and, and it appears to grin at them or smile at them in a sinister manner, which, in fact, I have a story lined up for that for you. But that, to me, is just... It unnerves my soul, you know, and, and I, as much as I'd like to see one, I can't say how I would react. I do not, I do not know how I would react. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that to me, when I, when I look at all things cryptid, there is just something about the dog man that just gives me a bloody nightmare, man. You know, I mean, I don't know. Because we don't know really what it is. We don't know if it's if it's, its own creature. We don't know if it's a, a famed werewolf. We don't know. And this one is, I mean, whether it's the Beast of Bray Road or, or now we're having Rob reports of these dogmen coming all over the place around North America and being seen in the forest. I mean, what are, what are we supposed to do here? I mean, if, if they're engaging their, um, their own territories and they are growing their own territories, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder if, if there's something more about this creature or we're just noticing it more. Again, I find that, People are noticing it more because I do get several reports or stories about Dogman. And, you know, a lot of them seem to go back and forth from being a physical creature. See, I always thought, even with Bigfoot Dave way back five years ago at my encounter, I thought Bigfoot was a physical creature. I don't know what I still saw. I'm thinking it was physical, yet it had that, it turned into something that I described today as a demon. Now, when we talk about Dogman, a lot of people say yeah like a flesh and blood you know just like a bipedal a bipedal canine with a german shepherd's head prancing about nothing wrong with it not too scary but then you have these talks about people that have these things sinister the menacing red eyes glowing at them again creepily smiling at them and they seem to appear out of nowhere right they all of a sudden they're on all fours and they get to the bipedal walking running at them i tell you what that to me is something that I can't fathom seeing. I'd like to see it, I guess, Dave, just because, again, as I stated earlier, the inquisitive nature and just to see it. I can go for a Bigfoot. I know they're around. I think Dogman exists. Well, what is it exactly that we're talking about? That I know 1% about, and that's it. And that's why I like doing this and and just giving the reports and, and just and picking the brains of the great Duke Sullivan and, and other people because it's just an unknown mystery, man, that, I, that I'm just into. I'm fascinated with it. I'm fascinated. And I'm the same way with you, man. I'm fascinated with it, too. I mean, I just do not get the idea of, of a potential werewolf wandering around my forest and, and the nefarious yeah. energy that kind of is carried around that. Now I know, I know, you know, Robin McRae and super Duke, super Duke, super Duke. Okay. Uh, are, are very much, uh, you know, into the fact that there's good ones and there's bad ones. And I, yeah. And I can respect that, Rob. 
I totally can. You know, but it doesn't mean that I want to run into one, even though I do want to see one. I mean, curiosity is going to kill the cat here. You know, you know it is. You know, it really is. I mean, there is no choice. But I... <laughs> no, there is no choice, Dave. And we just have to um, go on plodding along. And if we see one, then we'll then we'll really say, you know what? I wish I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Yeah, so I don't get it. What else you got for us here? We got about two and a half yeah. minutes left. Well, we got two and a half. Let me go through this. I can maybe do this in three minutes. Well, you got let me see. You, you got about two and a half. Two and a half. Well, okay. Let me find some here. I got some. I just grab it really quick. Mm. Well, I had it. See, well, I had it, but. Save it for the break. Save it for sec- save, save it for, for the break. second half yeah. here, you know, because we got lots of time in the second half in the back half of this hour here. And you know, Rob, I mean, the reports just keep coming in. We're we're later on in the year, you know, and I'm very curious, you know, coming up here if you with two minutes to go, you know, you've heard a lot of reports this year. Have any really stuck out with you? You know, there was a report that was given to me, which was in Michigan, that was really creepy. And I don't now. This was more of a bipedal. There was a, a person that lives three blocks up the road from me. There's a creek that runs through my my neighborhood, and he was walking to his friend's house. It was dusk out, and there was a, a set of he heard a set of howling, right off in the cove, right before the friend's house. And as he's approaching, he's seen a pack of, they were wild-looking dogs. Now, he said the thing about them, and they were very tall on four legs. They had a lot of mange, and they looked like German shepherds, but oversized, but just did not look right. No, they didn't stand up. They weren't bipedal. But the funny thing, Dave, as soon as he got to them, they all kind of looked at him, kind of menacing. And he just kind of thought, oh, no, I don't know what's going to happen. He kind of was in for fear, in fear for his not his life, but he was in fear, very fearful. Got to the friend's house, got to the friend's house, and now the dogs start howling again, as he describes. Howling stops. He jumped in his buddy's truck. They went back to this area, and as I made mention of, these dogs look just not right. They did not look like natural dogs. At the bottom of the creek, there was four carcasses of like two possums, a squirrel. And I think he made mention of a cat just sitting there that they were completely, they were eaten apart, torn apart and eaten. And I'm not saying this is a, I don't think they're dog men, but what it was to me, it reminded me of, of a cryptid type of creature because these dogs have not been seen again in the neighborhood. The howling has not been in the neighborhood. They just kind of vanished out of thin air that night. So I found that to be very creepy the story that he told me regarding the, these 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 dogs. Were they dogmen or what were they? I'm not going to say they were. It don't sound like they were. Wild pack of dogs, but very creepy story. We're going to continue on with Bigfoot Michigan Rob and the Cryptid Report when we return for the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio. Coming up right after this, stay tuned. bunch more info and cool stories coming on up for your entertainment. Here we go. All right, we're clear, buddy. All righty. It's good stuff, man. 
Yeah, thanks. You know, it's funny, Dave. I get these, like I said, I get these these stories that come into me, and and I and I, hey, I go out and I broadcast them, and and I and I just I I will believe everybody and read it as as a belief. But boy, some though are more creepy pasta sounding, and you know, and for me to try to determine, and I'm not going to you know discriminate one story to the next. I go through and read them, but some are some people if, if they're made up, they have wild imaginations. And, uh, but you know what? That's another problem too. Is trying to figure out what's actual data, right? What's data that we can use in the research field? And that, to me, is always kind of one step forward, two steps back type of thing. Hmm. I think that's great, man. Hey, uh, let's say hi to D Swiger in our chat room. And let's say who else has snuck in here without us knowing here. Uh, let's see here. I thought there was one or two more. Michelle Moore. Welcome to SOR chat. Who else is joining us? Magnus Ver Magnuson. How are you, buddy? I think I'm kind of. Oh, Tombstone came on in late. Laura Sosa, how are you? All right, we're all caught up. We're all caught up. (sighs) Boy, the screen is uh, glowing nicely off your goatee there, man. You know, Dave, I tell you what, I got this new, you know, lighting, and... I'm glad you made mention of it because <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I can't get it to work properly. I mean, I spent a fair amount of dollars on it, right? It's one of these studio ones. Yeah. And I got this glare. I, I don't, and it, and man, this thing is, and I have it on low dim, low dim. And I still look like, you know, a ghost, man. <laughs> you know, I can't tell looking at the screen here, but I know on the playback that it's going to be like, I'm bright. It's just, yeah, so I got, you know, like anything else, trial and error. I've gone through it a hundred times. <laughs> Looking good, man. Looking yeah. good. So, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So what is the, so you're looking for, is your Edmondson team, are they going to, uh, they're going to be all right, so, so that's my new team I should pick Yes, next to the Wings? Yes. So I'll start following them. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to pick them because of Wayne Gretzky. I would be like a copycat, but just because. But that's been, what, 30 years ago? I don't even know how long when he came he out. He was, was trained. Yeah. It's a dark, one of the darkest days in Canadian history. <laughs> yeah. August 8th, 1989. Uh, no, sorry, Dave. It's a day that Canadians will never forget. Yes. Mm hmm. Uh, I tell you what, there hasn't been a person to put up 100 goals and 100 assists ever, and that will never be done. Nope. Again. Well, Gretzky topped out at 92 goals. He never hit 100. Okay, yeah, you know better than I, but I knew it was quite close. 
It's insane. Uh, thank you, uh, Joe, for the picture of the beard update. Very much appreciate that. Hey, Joe Monk. How you doing, bud? Pine Island. Jeff, how you doing? D Oceans. Hi. All right, we got uh, about 45 seconds. Very good, Dave. Very good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. We kind of like you around here. Yeah, you know, I'm okay. I can get used to. People get used to me, I guess. Yeah. Oh, the Red Wings, the Golden Knights. Yes, the Golden Knights, Las Vegas. I like their uniforms. It's, It's really cool. You know what's really cool about the Las Vegas Golden Knights? Is the is their assistant coach Ryan Craig? Okay, is, ah, a, is a former familiar. is a former student of mine. No kidding. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna get going here in ten seconds. Thank you, Deb, Vaughn, Ange, and Human Carl for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love, everyone. Here we go. The final half hour. third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio my name is dave scott thank you so much for taking the time to join us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at kpnl all of our archives are free Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Just do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. We continue on with the cryptid report tonight. Bigfoot Michigan Rob from the beautiful state of Michigan is here with us, rocking on out, telling us what's going on in the cryptid world. Rob, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, David. I do appreciate it very much. Thanks to everybody listening out there in uh, SOR land, both on YouTube and on Terrestrial Radio. Um, I picked this one out, Dave. This is, um... You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers, welcome. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers, welcome. 
the story that I received once again that I'm going to go ahead and uh, share with you and your audience. This is uh, while fishing from the banks of the Mississippi in southern Missouri. I came across a bank of some soft ground, not quite like sand and not made of clay, yet firm enough to set my three rod holders firmly into the ground, spaced perhaps six to eight feet apart. I noticed that my boots, while I walked the river's edge, left a firm impression in the ground. There was a sordid allotment of all types of animal tracks, ranging from small rodents, deer, and even birds. Upon placement of my rods, set up with an assortment of tackle, ranging from night crawlers, minnows, and chubs, I kind of jerry-rigged an oversized crappie rig with an ounce and a half to two-ounce sinker on the bottom, just enough weight to keep my bait just off of the Mississippi's bottom floor. This part of the river had a rather subdued current compared to other sections that I'd fished. Atop two of my three poles, I placed a bell rigged to go off when I had a bite. Normally, I do not set up my gear like this, but I want to explore these tracks but not lose a fish. Upon completion of my setup, I went walking down the riverbank. As I stated earlier, all sorts of wildlife tracks were implanted into the ground beneath my feet. Then I came across a set of tracks that paralleled the river's edge that went on for about 10 yards. These were prints that I had never seen before. In fact, these were footprints. Yes, they appeared to be over oversized feet. Now, in the distance, one of the bells of my fishing pole started ringing, and I hurried over to go land my fish. It was a nice five-pound smallmouth bass that put up a nice fight, and I'd hoped that this would be the beginning of a nice run. After resetting my fishing line, I I went into my tackle box and pulled out my tape measure to go back to measure these footprints. The first print I measured was the most clear. It, to my amazement, was 17 inches long and a width of about six and a half to seven inches. The print also showed five very distinct toes. I'm thinking aloud, what or who can this be? Upon further investigation, I noticed that the print had a gate between the steps that was easily four to five feet apart, which seemed to cover this 10-yard distance. Apparently, you could have covered this distance in three or four strides. Another thing I found peculiar, as I mentioned, the tracks paralleled the river. Then they stopped. Now the the prince turned towards the river as if the person, or whatever this was, walked directly into the mighty Mississippi. I don't know what this was, Rob. I heard many stories of Bigfoot in my life and do believe that they do exist. Did I find Bigfoot tracks? I think probably so. I have gone back to this spot several times since, but have not again seen any more prints. Kind of disappointing, but it begs the question, why did it walk straight into the river? I suppose to go fishing. One thing's for sure. I am sure glad that he did not get on my fishing pole. Now that would have been quite the fishing yarn. Signed, TJ from Missouri. Missouri. You like the Missouri stuff. You know, I do. I get a lot of stuff from Missouri, Michigan, Ohio. Not too much from the Pacific Northwest. I guess, you know, I guess a lot of the people like because I'm central, you know, Midwestern boy, I guess. (laughs) That does work. 
That does work. I mean, that's kind of creepy. I mean, you know, most people, when they're walking around the forest, Rob, they're not having their eyes down looking for prints. You know, they're enjoying the scenery, enjoying the smell, the fresh air, you know, the size of the trees, the different types of plants. Maybe they get to see a, a deer or or something in the wild that just, you know, kind of puts a smile on their face. But, I mean, how many prints are we missing, you know, by just not looking down? You know, I think we're probably missing a lot, Dave, because I, I've never looked down in my life until I had a Bigfoot encounter. And, in fact, my brother, who's been an avid hunter for over 20 years now, um, he now, after speaking with me, he, he, makes, he said, Rob, yeah, he looks down at tracks. But when he's looking for tracks, he's looking for deer, for the most part, what he hunts, but never really even paid attention to anything else. He said he was, like, oblivious to it. And... It, it brings up a story he always tells me. First of all, now, Dave, he's always looking and being more cognizant of what's going on around him. I, he was telling me a story that he could not quite figure out until he found out about, you know, when I told him about my Bigfoot encounter, what I do and so forth. And he was saying, you know, Rob, for the life of I never made mention of this to you, but, you know, when I was hunting some time back, I lined up a deer in my sights. I shot it. I tracked it. And I tracked it all the way to this big, wide tree in the middle of the woods. And when he looked down, the impression, the impression of the deer was where it fell down. It, it laid out the, the impression, and it was, it was covered in blood. And so my brother's like, Rob, man, so I'm looking around. I'm looking all around this tree. I'm looking, did some hunters come in here? There's no way a hunter came in and stole this. He, there was no no sounds of a four-wheeler coming in. Uh, there was no drag march where it was dragged away. Then all of a sudden, though, he says, Rob, and I just happened to glance at the base of this tree where the deer had fallen. And he starts looking up this tree. He says, sure as, sure as the sun is orange, right? It was a blood trail. went all the way up about seven, eight feet in this and it was smeared like something was drug up it. But then he said, hey, Rob, you know, but then it just stopped. No deer in sight. Couldn't make, met, did not know what this was. And I never told anybody this. I just thought it was very peculiar and odd until you started doing your Bigfoot thing. So now I'm picking your brain. What do you think that was? And I'm like, I, I mean, you got me. I mean, my first thing is say Bigfoot, but then again, it disappears. I mean, where does this thing go now, right, Dave? I mean, does this? It, I, I've never heard of Bigfoot swinging from tree to tree. I've certainly heard about them disappearing, cloaking. I've heard about the su supernatural aspect, so I really couldn't give him a, a a good answer because I didn't want to spook him and say, "Hey, it's supernatural," which probably this was. And yeah, a lot of people. Do not look down. A lot of people don't look up. They they have blinders on, and if you're if you're enjoying walking on the beach, I'm out. Yeah, if I'm looking at the sand, I'm looking out to the ocean or to the lake, not paying attention. Certainly, if I came across a 17 foot track with four, five toes, I might stop and say, "Wow!" Especially if it's smack dab in front of me. But as as human beings, human nature, no, we're not cognizant of what's around us. We're just into the now and not looking forward as to what could be out there. No, but but we still have to look. We still have to look. And, oh, yeah. and here's the other part about it, Rob. I don't think a lot of people fully understand that. And I just really learned this recently. 
you know, from Super Duke and other people as well, you know, we're always looking down in the forest. We're always looking at eye level, but a lot of mm-hmm. that danger is lurking in the trees, whether mm-hmm. it's mountain lions or whether it's something a little bit more like a Sasquatch. Absolutely. You know, since talking to Duke and other people, yes. I mean, looking at, we don't look up and there's a lot of things that are up in trees. And even if we're not talking about Sasquatch or other, these cryptids, Dave, there's also not particularly where I live, but perhaps where you live for sure. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't mountain lions or, or black panthers, don't they kind of perch up in trees and kind of scout the area looking for prey? Well, I mean, hunters do it, so why wouldn't the animals? You know, yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I, I think so. I'm just wondering. I mean, I've never thought about that until, you know, last several years about, yeah, you, again, I, I think hunters are cognizant, but I think us as, as, as people just observing nature and we don't know nothing about Bigfoot or cryptids or these other things, I just think that we're just in the moment and we're into the beauty of nature. But now me personally, no. Hey, my head's out of swivel if I'm out. And trust me, my brother's head's out of swivel. Most people that I come in contact with, that I talk to these things about, they're definitely looking up. They're looking down. They're looking left. They're looking right. We got about five minutes to go with you here, my friend. You got another story for us? Yeah, I, I could dig one up here, Dave. Excellent. Excellent. As we wait for Bigfoot Michigan Rob to share a story for us here on Spaced Out Radio on the Cryptid Report. It's always good. Always good. Yes, Dave. Let's go with, uh, let me see this one here. I got this new setup for this. All righty. Here we go. Here we go. It was quite an experience, Rob. This takes place June 2011. I was hiking in Daniel Boone National Forest. I was by myself and had taken the day to spend in, spend time out in God's country. I was well prepared for the day with a fully stocked backpack full, full of dried food and plenty of water. I brought along a small caliber sidearm just to feel safe, and I had no intentions of using this unless it was absolutely necessary. And to be honest, I was more afraid of humans than of wild animals. I was also looking for a spot to come back later in the month to go camping with my eldest son of 15 years to have a weekend with dad. I had a decent Canon camera fully charged and was taking pictures and recording some short videos while traversing about this great country's park. After an hour hour or so on the trail, I decided to be a bit more adventurous and wandered off trail for a couple miles to just get the full experience. Of course, before I left for the day, a few buddies had told me that since I was going hiking alone, it would be wise to stay on trail. So going against my friends, I decided to do the opposite, as this would be a great story to share upon completion of my day. I brought a machete to cut through some growing brush, and when I finally came upon a meadow, that was nicely cleared out, and it was really wide open. Roughly 100 yards in front of me was the tree line that started up past the clearing. I was, plant, I was panning my camera, zooming into the tree line when I stopped at a rather big tree stump, maybe four feet high and nearly the same width. I started taking pictures of the stump and snapped off several other pictures in the vicinity. 
When I came back to the stump, something that I could not believe started to materialize from the stump. I started taking pictures, and to my amazement, the stump seemed to get taller and more, more metamorphosized in what appeared to be a very hairy animal. At first, I thought this to be a bear. Then I realized this bear had, this bear had a human face. The color of this humanoid was brown with long, shaggy hair, and that face appeared to look directly into my lens. The height had to be seven foot and looked powerful. And this is part of the story that gets even more unbelievable. This being seemed to fade away and had an almost glimmering sheen to it. I switched to video. And almost at this very changeover, a deer came into view. About a second into it, the deer seemed to be grabbed up off the ground, a good five feet, and was whisked away into the woods. Rob, I gasped. I lost breath and could not believe what I had witnessed. Since I had taken the picture and while I was filming this, immediately I found a place to sit down and review what I had captured. Yes, the stump was there. However, when the stump rose up, it was very blurry. Also, it disappeared. So I'm looking for the suspended deer off the ground as I went to the video. To my dismay, Rob, no deer was to be found. With my disappointment in this, I went home and thoroughly went through the pictures and videos frame by frame with nothing, just blurred pictures and static video. I have heard of blob squash before and videos either going blank or battery failures, but what about the deer? Why was that not on the film? I know the deer was real for sure. Since this, I'm definitely a Bigfoot paranormal enthusiast and make visits to this part of the forest as much as possible. Signed, Steve. Wow. Wow. Now, I thought that was cool. I can go with that of all the ones, and it, it has all the elements, doesn't it, Dave, that we hear all the time? It definitely does. Definitely does. Bigfoot, Michigan, Rob, want to say a big thank you for uh, filling in for Super Duke tonight. It had been a while, but we're glad to have you back as uh, filling in on the Cryptid Report for Super Duke. Now, I love it, Dave, anytime, anytime, and uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, I, I certainly appreciate your hard work. I love Spaced Out Radio and everything associated with it. And if you guys want to check out my stories, Bigfoot to Michigan Rob is my channel. Please subscribe. I do a lot of different things, and it's cool. Dave, you're cool. You're cool. Some Spaced Out Radio. You're cool. You're cool. Hey, Rob, stick around. We're going to get to Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's news. All right, let's get right to it. Shirky Poo's news here. There's a man over in the UK who believes he's got some aliens. Yep. Ben Walgate, who runs a YouTube channel, is obsessed with UFOs, regularly posts on possible sightings, strange encounters. Well, apparently he had his own experience of meeting a strange green life form when he was just a boy. Ben says he had been away on a camping trip as a Cub Scout at Snowball Plantation near York when the coach stopped to let the lads off for a short walk and break. He recalls getting split up from the rest of the crowd and spotting a figure in the distance. Always stops or starts like this, Rob. Always starts like this. Looking back, Ben saw a six-foot green creature about 25 yards away from where he was standing. He said it either walked with a stoop or trying not to be seen. The wooded area wasn't that dense, so, so I got a good look at this thing. It might have only been a few seconds, but we made eye contact. It had black eyes. It was such a weird vibe. It's... 
head in proportion to the body was tiny. It's not like the stereotypical alien with the gray skin and the big black eyes. This thing was more lizard. I'm not saying it had scales, but it wasn't snake-like. And it was olive green from head to toe, very sleek and slender looking, dark black eyes, little tiny head, long over-proportioned size arms that came past the knees. It was just otherworldly, he said. It should have been, shouldn't have been walking on two feet. The thing was walking right through the woods. Scary types. Hmm. Boy, you got a reptilian there. Uh, how about yeah. this one? It seems that many Australians will not let this go and would prefer to have the late crocodile hunter Steve Irwin on their currency rather than another royal. There's been debate in many countries that feature Queen Elizabeth II on their banknotes, but with the talk of King Charles III replacing her, there are people who have other ideas. Vincent Wu and Kirby Miles have started two separate petitions in a bid to have the wildlife icon and TV personality on the $5 note. The Reserve Bank of Australia writes that the banknotes offer an opportunity to honor Australians who have made an important contribution to the nation. There is no one more vital to the Australian culture and identity than Steve Irwin, he continued. Steve is beloved by all and has become synonymous with the Australian values we hold so dearly. He epitomized the spirit of mateship, being deeply in love with Australian wildlife, working hard towards conservation and education, but perhaps more importantly, he was just a good bloke. I, I, I agree with that. Put the guy on the money. Put the guy on the money. A woman on a holiday reckons that she spotted crocodiles swimming off the coast of the United Kingdom. See, you never go in the ocean, people. Rob, this is what I talk about, man. Okay? This is what I talk about. When you have crocodiles now swimming up in the United Kingdom in that frigid cold water, okay, you cannot be taking chances like this. Giant no, you squid? can't, dude. No. You cannot. This is what kills people. So anyways, yeah. Sarah Craven was visiting Scarborough with her family last week when her son excitedly sounded the inexplicable sea reptile alarm. We took the boys up for a walk off a cliff, and we saw some dolphins jumping in the background. Suddenly, my son shouted, Crocodiles! We all looked down, and there in front of me were what we thought were two large crocodiles. Of course, you can't make outlandish claims of Yorkshire Coast croc sightings without evidence, so she whipped out her camera, took a couple of pictures and a video. We moved further along the cliff to get closer, and I started taking the videos. If a closer look to see any back legs, I saw front legs and back legs with a long, pointy, swishing tail. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out, too. I'm out. Yeah. And finally tonight, Florida woman has been charged with murder after stabbing her sister to death. Why? Because she flirted with her boyfriend. 21-year-old Fatia Marzan killed her 20-year-old sister, Sema because Sema may have flirted with the boyfriend of five years. Apparently, she stabbed her own sister to death four times in the heart. She waited until night so mom and dad were sleeping before she knifed her sibling. And now she is charged with first-degree murder and no bond in jail right now. Bad Florida lady. 
bad Florida lady. You just don't do that. You know, I can't stand my sister, but I still wouldn't do that. That's just not nice. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Bigfoot, that's Michigan, not nice. Rob. Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Dave. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your car, in Duke's Beard, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat room tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome.